Welcome to Fandoms Episode 12. This is Quantumania Aftermath, starting now. Popcorn rice, Want to know some more fun facts? Isn't it awesome to see some of your favorite content creators and favorite people, honestly, follow here on this app? Be a part of this amazing community called The Nerd Initiative. Welcome to Fandoms, a show from every fan's point of view. Brought to you by the Nerd Initiative Network. Here's your hosts, Tony and Michael. Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, Fandoms episode 12. We have a lot to talk about. Michael, how are you doing? Good, good. Man, I, I think that was probably the most seamless that we've got. We started off. Yeah, it's, we're getting better and better. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah. Um, but what were you going to say? Uh, you tired? <laughs> I was going to try to make a time joke, but I'm, yeah, I, I couldn't, I, I missed the landing on that one. I, oh, I'm uh, sorry. I didn't stick but the landing on that. You didn't have the right timing? No. Oh! <laughs> okay, well, uh, it is a, spe oh, you know what? I didn't even do my overlay because I was doing everything else. Um, so yes, Phantoms episode 12, we are going to be talking a lot about Quantumania. We do have a lot of other things to cover and we're going to try, I, I know, go ahead, go ahead, talk about it because that thing is so beautiful. Well, it's he who remains, but I was saying before the show we started, I really, my goal is I want to get it signed over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the point where if you if it, like, have to send it into a service, they're going to be like, why did he buy five tickets? And I want him to like just At have to At some it point, it's not, you're not going to be able to see Jonathan Majors on it anymore. Because you're going to have to have like, he remains, conqueror. And other things, but we're going to keep away from that. Talking about that until yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, yes. we'll get into the spoilers later. On. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, by the way, I we will have a spoiler warning. So if you have not seen Ant Man and the Wasp, um, you are safe. Of course, I was voted off today, and this is going to be our spoiler warning along with the video beforehand. Um, they didn't like my 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 spoiler spoiler warning. I thought so it was I, a ping pong table. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, honestly, I didn't know what it was at first, and I saw that, but it, it it's fine, regardless. Um, but yeah, we have a special guest this evening, since we're talking about Ant-Man the Wasp, someone who was, at, who was actually at the red carpet, and one of our own alumni, um, Donovan Rose. So Donovan, welcome. Hello, everybody. So happy to be here to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, first film of MCU Phase 5. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. Um, before we even get started with all of this, uh, I heard one person say, I'm not sure that I wanted this to be the start of an entirely new phase. And I'm thinking maybe they forgot about Iron Man three and, right. and how it started off phase two. And that was it was a OK film, but it was not the strongest film um, of the entire phase. Um, and it's it's again, it's a comedy action film. It's it's Ant-Man. Mm. Um, so there are some things to be expected and, and, uh, we'll get into a whole lot of that, but, uh, let's go ahead and first let's, let's talk about some nerd news. How about we, we just go ahead and jump right into it so that we can talk, you know, for the next four hours about, about Ant-Man. <laughs> and so, all the theories we have. So let's go ahead and touch on the nerd news as we get down to the bottom here on the screen. Um, first thing we are going to go ahead and talk about, um, is going to be Bruce Willis. Um, Bruce Willis, his family uh, just disclosed that they do have a diagnosis um, for what he's going through. It is called frontotemporal dementia, um, which if you're not familiar with things, it, there's lots of dementias and everything is kind of like it, it's 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 very much you have like sundowners, you have all of these different things. This is basically just an umbrella term, according to the Mayo Clinic, 
um, for a group of brain disorders. It's not just one specific, oh, wow. um, but it, it, it deals with things uh, that specifically uh, affect the personality, uh, behavior, um, and the language of the person that's affected. Um, and if you know anything about Bruce Willis, he's been doing a lot of, he's, people have been wondering in the last couple of years why he's been doing such lower budget or, you know, less than like to his level of acting. And then we found out that he was, he was, um, you know, declining and he was trying to get as much money as he could for his family, um, before he was incapable of doing so. And we still have, I believe we have a voice acting, um, role that he's done. That was just, the dust came out. Um, and then there's another, um, action film. I think that he's been a part of that will be coming out shortly this year. Um, but any thoughts or comments on this? I, it's just a shame that the reason this, I mean, the way it's being described and the way it's being that he has to come out and say something because of the quality of his work. Like mm -hmm. I, who cares? <laughs> like, you know, like that, that sucks. Like he's going through something that's incredible and, you know, to feel the need to respond because of declining work and stuff. I mean, I feel like all actors go through it, you know, like, and so I just, it's just a shame that that is the world we live in now because that shouldn't be the, you know, top priority. So I'm, I mean, I'm I, kudos to them and the family for being, and I think I saw Demi Memore put out a statement too, which is again, another kudos to how they have co-parented their kids and, and kept their relationship and been close. And she had just, you know, things to say about her dear friend and they, they're handling it really well. I just, the fact mm -hmm. that, that fans or audience members really wanted to know why, I mean, look, actors go through phases, but again, this is, this is way more serious and takes more precedent over any kind of work or movies or TV or anything. So I think JJ has a good point too. Uh, things that some fans forget that celebrities are actual humans and can get sick. And I think that's something we have to consider. And I, I it's almost in, a, in a, a level of when you consider like even mental illness, not just like, let's say debilitating disorders like Alzheimer's or dementia or, you know, things like, uh, what was it? Um, just recently, uh, Chris Hemsworth had received, uh, right. you know, the news that he will possibly have a degenerative disease that will affect his, his, his mental state as he gets older. Now, you know, <sighs> heaven forbids it, it doesn't happen you know just because your predisposition for something doesn't necessarily mean it has to happen um but but at the same time it's like you know you have to understand there are limitations for people and we need to not put people on a pedestal and expect them to have this godlike atmosphere mm -hmm. or because when they do something wrong it disappoints us when their bodies fail you know it's almost as if it as if we're, we're, we're disappointed that they can't do more um, I just recently saw a TikTok video about someone talking about, I guess, some fan casted idea for a sequel to the Back to the Future trilogy. And it's like, well, that's not going to happen because of Michael J. Fox. It's like, well, well, don't look at it that way. That's the most oh. like it was like the most callous thing to say, you know, just because someone has it. First of all, if they really wanted to do it, there are ways that they could work with Michael J. Fox to make that happen. At the same sure. time, don't look at something that somebody's been diagnosed with and say, "Oh well, that that may messes up everything else we want them to do." You know, it's it's like feel for the person. I will say the one thing about Michael J. Fox, and I think now he's we saw him at New York Comic Con this year, and I you know sadly I think we saw him on stage too, and I think his disease has progressed a lot. Like he's had it for quite some time, and so it's really hard to watch that as someone 
you grew up watching. But I will say um, one of the things about him that I loved and we always talk about like not disability, but like, you know, it's um, uh, unique or different abilities. Right. And I think I remember him on what was the show he was on with Dennis Leary? Um, Dennis Leary was a firefighter and he played like this. This really loud oh, oh, method, um, um, dead to me or lie to me or something like yeah, it was on FX, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah, I, rem I remember. Yeah, I, I can't I, remember what it was called. I will never forget that it was really cool because he leaned into it. He was in a wheelchair in the show, and he he didn't hide the Parkinson's, and he was this kind of like not like he was the, he was a Michael J. Fox we've never seen like loudmouth <laughs> cursing. But he he just leaned into it and was using his craft and and showed again I, I'm sure he showed a lot of people with that that you know no matter who you are you can do other things and, and keep making an impact and so I, I'll never forget that that was so cool that he was on there and didn't just kind of like go out of sight so I hope maybe hopefully Bruce Willis does the same thing you know where if he does want to work again no pressure to him because family comes first and health but if he does want to work not worry about the fans being like oh what's the caliber or quality like contribute, want to contribute and enjoy your craft, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so also let, let's, let's go ahead and change, I guess, to a lighter topic. Um, depends on how you feel about the person. Um, but we did get our first look, um, at Melissa McCarthy as Ursula in the little mermaid. And, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, we got the, the, the tentacle going there. Uh, this is a lightened picture of it. I would, I would go, I would I would recommend people go back to the trailer um, and get a good glimpse themselves. Um, but the cackling laugh in the trailer was spot on. And I'm, I'm kind of interested to, to see this. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just, uh, I'm not a big fan of Melissa McCarthy. Uh, I think uh, the last time I liked her was back in Gilmore girls. So um, it was a <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, 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 I any thoughts? Cause I, I, I don't want to say anything else. Mula Donovan go. All right. Oh gosh. Okay. All right. So, I mean, I think she looks pretty good with the quarter of a second that we got to see of her. Um, but no, I'm really excited to see it. The whole trailer looked absolutely stunning. The, I'm really excited to see the film and especially like you said, the cackle was spot on. So it's very, it's looking promising and I am really excited to see what everyone's going to say once it comes out and all the haters on it are going to eat their words. Oh, I'm not hating on this. No, no, uh, no, no. I don't mean you at all. You I just hate the people bashing this movie. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, you know, it's so funny though, because like I will be, I will be completely honest with you guys when, um, when they, when they went back and did, uh, what was it? Ghostbusters, um, uh answer After the call I, or no, no, you know, I, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah they call it answer the call but it was just ghostbusters the the mm -hmm. 2017 reboot i think it was um i i didn't mind the idea that they were recasting um i didn't mind that it was a female cast and then i saw melissa mccarthy and i was like oh great <laughs> and it was like wow. because the, the only problem i had was her type of humor is self-deprecating and i don't like self-deprecating humor mm -hmm. so so when all your jokes are about making you seem like you're nothing when you're supposed to be posing as a scientist. Like that bothers me. Um, like awkward, you know, weird stuff. Like let's, let's face it. When we talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp, the awkward humor is funny, but mm -hmm. when it's self-deprecating, it just, like, it bothers me. And like, 
I felt like that was the only thing that really pulled it down. That and the fact that they wouldn't even they refused to even acknowledge the Ghostbusters world, but they kept putting little tidbits in there. Mm. I was that bothered me. It had nothing to do with anything else other than it was just like uh, the, the style of humor. It's like I can't watch m- many of her movies. So as long as she plays the character as the character, I can look past the the um you know the actress. Um, and and that's the thing. I think we it's kind of like a, a point. I think everybody can learn from how I'm responding to Melissa McCarthy in this is look past the person playing it and just make sure the, the, the character in this movie is being played, you know, as that character and they're believably that character. We don't need to worry about how they look or, you know, or anything else or their background. Just, just appreciate the film for what it is and give it a chance. So she's your Dave Batista. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Dave Batista can be really cool at sometimes. Well, he's a great we, actor. He's great. I just again like did you hear about that he's not the I and mean, I hope I never meet him one day and he's like <clears throat> we're we're not big enough that Dave Batista's noticing us or whatever, but he's like, You're the guy who always talks crap on me. <laughs> just like did you hear did you table. hear that when he was doing uh, a press tour with I Spy, he found out that his his little girl actress that was with him she got an answer wrong. They asked about a certain tattoo he had on his leg. And I, I can't remember what it was specifically, <clears throat> but he said, does he have this on his, on his leg? And she said, it's true. And it was false. He went out and got that tattoo. So she was telling the ah, truth. That's cool. Oh, that's so, cool. All right. You know, and like the way he treats those pit bull rescues that he has as his, as his babies, yeah. you know, you know, you got to learn to look past people for, you know, who they are. Don't, as Darman would say before he, oh, he just as bad. It's like, don't judge a book by its cover. Like, well, you I'm couldn't have judged McCarthy inspiring stories. Okay. <laughs> now, listen, I said, I'm going to give her a chance. Um, <clears throat> speaking of second chances after, uh, you know, things that have happened, we know we're almost to Oscars uh, this year. Um, and we had a, a strange incident. We're not going to discuss, you know, what happened at the Oscars last year, uh, but we are going to talk about the man, the myth, the I am legend. Uh, Will Smith is coming back for the I am legend sequel. If you saw what I did there, that segue. <laughs> um, <clears throat> he's coming back uh, after he died in the last one, but it's because they're following the alternate ending to the movie. What was the um, alternate again for? I mean, so, I, I so for those of you who don't remember, the way the movie ended theatrically was the monsters were coming in. He figured out the cure. He took a grenade, put them in like this the the chimney of uh, like that was like you know explosive safe, and he pulled the pin and he ran at the glass and blew himself up and all of the mm-hmm. creatures and the girl and the, the the kid got out, um, and were able to take the cure to safety. Mm-hmm. The alternate ending was something similar he was seeing a change but the monsters were there but he also saw that the the creatures were like they had empathy for each other because that the whole reason why they were there was because of the one that he took and so what he did instead was he undid the cure he un like unstrapped her and opened the glass and basically trusted that they wouldn't kill him to give her back to them and they mm. took her and left and then he went with them. And so they're using that, that alternate ending where he survived. Um, and it looks like they've got, uh, it, uh, Michael B. Jordan is confirmed to be co-starring with him. So yeah, 
So yeah. the the name of the sequel is I Am Legend Two. I Am Killmonger. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, or I, or um, I am, I am, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever known a movie to just go ahead and do the sequel from the alternate ending. I love like, that. Yeah, that's a cool idea, actually. Though. Well, I, I, it was funny though because like I'm, I'm an, I'm a, um, I love physical copies of stuff. I, I got this when this came out. Um, and I remember I sat there after watching the theatrical version and then I watched the alternate ending and I really liked the alternate ending better than the theatrical version. Mm. The alternate ending again, like I have so many problems with I am legend and any of the iterations from the original book because they were vampires in the book. And though they were closer to vampires in this than they were, well, no, they were vampires in, in Omega man, but it didn't really follow the story at all. Um, but like giving them empathy and acknowledging that I think was, was kind of, was kind of cool. And I don't know what this means. Like someone, someone made a comment about how it was like, Oh, well, you know um, the character decides that, you know, they're the next step in evolution. I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that's going to be what's going to happen, but at the same time, it's kind of like because because this was all a man-made disease, basically, in this storyline. So, I mean, you told me about the backstory, um, the, the original backstory of I Am Legend. I didn't know this that it's like essentially, and so I went down the rabbit hole after you talked about it because you're very passionate about like how bad, not bad this movie was, but how much it veered <laughs> off from the the source yeah. material. Oh, uh, bad adaptations can be great movies, like let's yeah. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, it's, it's poorly adapted from the book, but it's the still book? a good movie. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Oh, I, John Hammond dies in Jurassic park. He's eaten by compies on the compound. Um, Wu doesn't survive. Um, one of the, one of the fights, uh, there's a whole river scene where Tim Lex and Alan Grant are going down the river and a juvenile T-Rex is chasing them down. Um, they also end up in the aviary. So the pterodons are attacking them in the raft. Um, in fact, the the um, the video game to Jurassic Park is closer to the book than the movie that it's adapted to from. Like, it's terrible. It, it's oh, it's wow. amazing to think the movie is adapted from the book poorly, and then the video game is adapted from the movie poorly, but it's more closely to the book than the movie was. That's crazy. Yeah, you're confused. You're you're, you're pulling like a a king. Like I'm confused. <laughs> I don't know what started. Like, stop. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's hilarious. I mean, but yeah, it so. Um, you know, there, there are bad adaptations that end up being good movies. Uh, I know some, there are some people on our initiative, at least one, I know Mr. Snibbis would disagree with this, that, um, I think, um, ready player one is a great movie. It's terribly different than the book. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I understand why, because there's no way they could have done everything that they did. And, and also there would have been a lot of body shaming. Because like everybody is in the VR world and they're 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 grossly overweight. Well, if you if you wanna be technical about it, right? Like Avengers Endgame and Infinity War is an adaption. It's a terrible adaption of the source material, you know, Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War. And it is good point. Obviously, Endgame is an is a phenomenal movie in our opinion. I mean, I, I think it's in our opinion. It's a phenomenal yeah. I, I yeah, I pretty I think we're pretty in unison on that one. So But, but Marvel yeah. also never never says it's an adaptation. They just say they it's inspired by. I heard, yeah. So it's its own tomatoes. universe. I was just, yeah, I was just yeah. going to say, yeah. <laughs> I was like, 
Oh, branded versus sponsored content. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it means it's one has a soul, one doesn't, right? Yeah. So I think, uh, I mean, yeah, but I, I, what I was saying, and, and then I'll, I'll, then classic line, then I'll shut up, um, was I didn't know the, the, the impact and the importance that I Am Legend, the book, had until I, you told me all about it, and I looked it up and kind of read into it, and it was like, literally started vampire culture. Like, that was like one of the first in the 50s and 60s where they talked about this disease and they drank blood and they said, you know, all that stuff, they couldn't go in sunlight and they were the garlic and the, everything you had told me. And I didn't know the cultural impact that this book had. And so it's kind of incredible to, to kind of see these things that started it and, and, you know, what this author was able to pull out of thin air and that spawned an entire genre of movies and shows for decades. Yeah, Cause before this, all you really had was Mary Shelley's Dracula Mm -hmm. And there were there were things, but always the creature you you had. It was more of the mysticism, like he would put the girl under the trance. They were always had to put him through the stake. There was no wards or anything like that. Like a lot of this, the stuff came from the book. And I think that's where even like in the movie, it gets it gets lost because you see him dumping out this solution of garlic, like, you know, this garlic solution around his property to be a repellent. But it's never explained. It's just like if you read the book, you're like. Oh yeah, that's what he's, he's not putting garlic around like the house chlorine or something. I didn't think it was garlic unless I missed that spot. Like that's why I missed. Yeah. I missed all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely, uh, it, it it's one of those things where you, you could go down the rabbit hole kind of like comparing stuff. And I think that's mm -hmm. what we need to avoid. Sometimes it's like suspending disbelief and just enjoying something for what it is. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Now, if you're, if you're of the nostalgic, um, if you're, or if you're looking for something nostalgic, um, you, we know we are having a, uh, video game movie coming out rather soon. Um, if I, I'm pretty sure all of us have played Mario, um, but what they've done with some of their marketing recently was, was really fun. Uh, super Mario brothers actually created a plumbing website and their theme song for the plumbing uh, for their commercial is the, is the like the quintessential 1990s Mario Brothers song um, for the animated show, which was was so well adapted, and I think everyone got got excited. Have you guys seen this yet? I've no. seen this. I haven't seen the original show. Oh, okay. Well, you're in for a treat. Um, literally, the, it was it was it was like one of those one of those shows where it didn't just start off with a cartoon. It wasn't just a cartoon. You actually had a live action Mario and Luigi like start off like they had like their own little their own little like basement oh, that they worked out of this yep yep and like they would do the it was like the grease they, the, like it was long hair greasy big beard like it oh was it was so funny the cartoons were always fun um which is where we get a lot of the animation and stuff but they use that theme song for um for their thing so you gotta go check it out and then go back and look at the 90s mario brothers it's a lot of fun and it, if you call the number luigi actually talks to you um and uh tells you to uh send a text message for help uh and they'll tell you when they'll get back to you and i'm, I'm pretty sure uh, just recently with the john wick uh franchise for the new john wick film um they did something similar like if you reached out to them in a certain like text message or whatever um, you get like special updates and stuff when things come out. So uh, if you're if you're a fan of video games, a fan of Mario Brothers, uh, be sure to check it out. Do you remember my my quick plug in for this? Do you remember when Snakes on a Plane came out and you could call a hotline and Sam Jackson was like, 
I don't want to be on this mother like that. And you could like leave. And I think you could actually have him record a voicemail for you. I mean, this is back. This is I was like eight years playing. old and I did that. I remember that distinctly. That was great marketing. That was excellent. Marketing. Well, it's it, it, it's funny because it's the same concept that they use for cameo because like Weird Al Yankovic has just recently been on. I think it was like on cameo or something where if you give the name and it's like it, they do this like this blanket song for your birthday and then they just change the image where it's got your name and it's got and I've, mind you they probably have him like like saying your like all of these different names um so it fills it fills in and you can have him do a personalized birthday greeting with your with your first name on it or whoever's first name on it so it's gotta be the same concept that they would have used for that we have to do this for fan <laughs> you, you, you birthday's know, next who's what we need next? what we need to do is we need to we need to like have like a marketing plan for uh, for cameo where we just do cameo like requests where they just say hey i'm such and such and this is fandoms and then like just have them be the intro <laughs> for a couple weeks yeah i love um uh my wife is is a huge fan of the mtv challenge and so on her birthday last year we got tj lavin to uh to do one uh who's the host of the challenge which is basically like a it started off as the real world road rules, like that, you know, people that don't know the challenge, it's, it's a competing for money and mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's all these reality stars and stuff. It's funny. And so, uh, it was great. And he was like, let's get a coffee when you're in Vegas. He lives in Vegas. It was like, <laughs> never did. But, um, but then her mom got her for her birthday recently, this other guy, Josh is competitor. And he, <laughs> he did this like 10 minute video and he was like, I'm so glad about my fans. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. So good. But it's like, I mean, I think Cameo is, is one of those things where it's kind of like it, it gets you close to the fan, like gets you close to the celebrities. Um, I remember one guy. Uh, what's who, who who does the voice of Iago? It's um, um, oh, uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, Gilbert Gottfried. Before he passed away, he was on Cameo a lot. And like one there's like a TikTok if you go to watch it where this guy, this guy got got Gilbert Gottfried to call his sister a bad word. Like he just like, oh, just wow. like, just like, like just to, and she thought it was hilarious because that was like their communication with like, they like call each other bad names all the time. And so he just had Gilbert Godfrey lay into her and like people oh. do some of the weirdest stuff with their, and it's like also like the new thing where people are um, like paying to get music, like songs personalized for like their significant others. You can actually get like a group to play, make a song. And then they, there's a lot of TikTok. I don't know. Maybe I'm on the white girl side of TikTok where it's <laughs> like all of these, um, these guys are driving in their car and there's like the radio playing and it's a song talking about the first time they met and everything. And what? the girl's going, Oh yeah. I'm, oh. I'm literally on white girl TikTok. That's, that's gotta <laughs> be what it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember a couple of years ago when COVID first hit, um, and zoom was like a brand new thing. Like, um, I, it's also like my wife gets the weirdest things, I guess. Like Erica got uh, one of her friends not only got her like a, a the cake boss cake like sent to her apartment. Like you could have this like whole thing. They had a, a mariachi band join that. Remember, everyone was doing like these Zoom birthdays and greetings, and and yeah. and, and they were doing like a Zoom. Uh, and it's so funny when COVID first started, we were all like. We, we like didn't know how to adapt to being at home. Like we had to, we had to have zooms to like see other faces. Like, um, oh, I'm like so lonely. Like there's not TV and every other electronic on the world. See, this is where, this is the, where, where I was different. I thrived during, during, um, during the, the beginning of the, the, uh, pandemic because 
I don't like being around people. So, <laughs> so like I was, I was happy in the basement, like building computers and doing different things. And like, you it sound like it, Blanche from golden girls or something. <laughs> <laughs> I thrive. Wait, wait, which, which, what that would make, which one of you rose? I, and my last name is Rose. <laughs> oh, and so would I be B. Arthur? Is like the little one, or Which no? B. Arthur, B. Arthur was the tall one. That was kind of like the leader of the group. So, yeah, so it was Blanche. Ro- Rose was the like the sassy one, right? Yeah. Blanche was the mean one, right? That was like I hate everything. That's the tall one, right? I literally just watched this. Blanche um, wasn't Blanche the little one. Blanche oh, was uh... she? She was the one with the like. She was the the. Oh, she was the hoe. Um, and oh, I thought that was, was I thought that was Dorothy. Oh. Wasn't who's Dorothy? <laughs> Dorothy was BR. Dorothy was BR. Was... Okay, Estelle Getty was the tiny one. She was Sophia. Oh, and then Betty White real was... names. I only know Betty White. <laughs> so yeah. Rose was Betty White. Now Rose was like the nice. Okay, she was the ditzy one. There's only there's only one reason why I know B. Arthur's name. Well, there's two reasons why I know B. Arthur's name. One is because of the '90s movie Airheads with um, Brendan Fraser, because that was one of the that was one of the ransom things was like a picture of B. Arthur, which we're not going to get into specifics. The second is because if you if you are a Marvel fan, um, Deadpool's katanas are named B and Arthur. Oh, that makes so much sense. So good. Yeah. Which which is why the TikTok video I did where I was joking and saying. You know, if he was following anybody else on Twitter, it would be B. Arthur. But unfortunately, you know, she's not online because she's passed away, but nobody got the joke. So it was more of one of those like want want type things. Right. Let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about a little bit something a little bit more uh, difficult to talk about, but we're going to do it in the most um, I think the most diplomatic way we can. Um, I think it's been talked a lot about on TikTok. Um but this Sunday we had the Super Bowl, and of course a bunch of trailers wow. came out. Um, and one of them was a very enticing, a very enticing trailer. And I think what we need to say about this first is there is no wrong answer in how anybody mm-hmm. addresses it. Yes. Other than if the if someone is virtue signaling or if they are, um, you know, they're trying to find a way to cancel somebody else because of their decision. My decision might be different than somebody else's. Um, and that doesn't mean that if somebody disagrees with me, that I'm going to be out for their head. And I think we need to be, I think with, with internet, there's a lot of like militant, um, people that are, that are hiding behind fake profiles and they need to be careful. But what we're going to talk about is the flash movie. Mm -hmm. Um, first of all, before we even talk about that, I will tell you this movie, I'm not going to see it in theaters. I have no interest to see it in theaters Mm -hmm. because of you know, Ezra Miller, because of the studio's handling of Ezra Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that there are people that are proud of this film and that is great, but they got paid for it. And I don't think that if this film gets reviewed slowly uh, or it doesn't get as much in the box office, that this is going to prevent people from getting a job no. because a lot of people were saying that No, because everyone knows why, if this movie doesn't make a lot of money, why that is. Um, But I will tell you, this trailer was extremely enticing because I am 100% a Michael Keaton Batman film. When I caught when I saw Cara Zor-El weekend in a a containment, you know, I was freaking out because the Flashpoint, one of the things I really enjoyed about the animated movie was the whole, 
you know, weakened, um, captured Superman. Mm-hmm. And that hit a note for me. It looks really well done. Um, it looks like it avoids some of the tropes that I've seen in a lot of the other Snyderverse films. But again, I'm not happy with how the studio handled Ezra Miller and the allegations that are going on. Mm-hmm. They could have easily just fired him and fired them and said, we are not going to move forward with this person. They didn't do that. There's a, there's even been room allowed for there to be rumors that there will be continued work with them. Um, but I think they just didn't handle this well, especially when people like Ray Fisher went through what he did um, with under under Joss Whedon and under Warner Brothers leadership. This this could have been handled well. Now, if someone is going to go see this film, guess what? I just told you what I stand where I stand with it. I don't expect everybody else to do it too. And no judgment. Exactly. <clears throat> There's not. Um, and I think my biggest concern with this film is what people are going to do in trying to divide and to fight. I'm a Marvel fan, but I love DC. DC's where I started into comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, and Batman was my favorite. Like people love Superman, like the Christopher Reeve stuff. I was a I was a Michael Keaton like fan. Like he was he was just uh, interviewed not too long ago, and he said, "Who is the best Batman?" He goes, "I am." And I'm like, yes, sir. Thank you. Like, I love Christian Bale, but I love Michael Keaton. And Keaton did a commencement speech recently, you know, the college graduate speech. And he's like, and one last thing yep. on Batman. And he just like walked off. And yep. uh, yeah, um, I have one question, though, to post to the group. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not a deep one because we, yeah, I've, I've already said where I stand. And again, no judgment on anybody. I, I also it sucks because it looks really good. And I think that's why they're torn by this. And I think James Gunn, remember James Gunn was a victim of cancel culture. So I think he could have a sensitive, sensitive spot for something like this because, you know, when past tweets and lives and came out, he was, you know, fired, then brought back, brought back to Marvel and that whole thing, which that shouldn't have happened. That was ridiculous. Like, you know, Kevin Hart, all these things, you know, you can rehash anything. Like there's always something in someone's past. That's going to be like, toe the line um this is different uh but i will say my one question is since this is flashpoint and i love flashpoint and again i won't be seeing this in the theaters i'll wait till it comes out is michael keaton playing thomas wayne or is he playing bruce wayne i think they're playing i think he's playing bruce wayne i personally think so you sure i mean it would be really interesting again it, it this sucks because this is so enticing and exciting but if he i mean for people that don't know the flashpoint he goes back in time to save his mom and it changes everything. And he, and Bruce doesn't Bruce dies, not Thomas in the alley and Thomas becomes Batman. I wonder if an older Keaton playing Batman is not playing Thomas Wayne in this alternate flashpoint. That would be, that's super interesting too, but that's my one question. Donovan, any thoughts? I know nothing about DC, so I can. I mean, I've watched some of the shows, but that's about it. Um, so I. Well, that's right, because Donovan, you got into Marvel through the movies, right? That Correct. was yes. And then it's kind of yes. been a slippery slope ever since. Yes, exactly. I, and I mean, I watched some of the DC movies. Like, I didn't watch like Batman or Superman, but I did watch like uh, Harley Quinn and the Suicide Squad, and I've watched like the CW shows and stuff like that. But that's about it. Okay. Um, and see, that's and, and th- this is what I love because I, I think I've always said this. It doesn't matter where you come into being a superhero fan or a comic book fan. It could be through the comic books. It could be through the movies. It could be through the shows. Um, Donovan 
And here's the cool part. Donovan got into comic books and then got into Marvel through the movies, but you've kind of become a really big resource when it comes to stuff to the point of like, if do you want to, do you want to say what's going on? Or are you still, you still want to tease for a later date? What, what, what's going on? What is in going March, on? At the end of oh, March. Oh, in March. Oh, okay. Yeah. I am. I mean, we can say it. We can go ahead and say it. All right. Hold on a second. Let me, let me, let me do this. Let me give you a bigger face here. Oh gosh. Okay. So <laughs> in, in March, nerd initiative is going to C2E2. And this is what we're talking about, right? Yep. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't like something else that I'm not privy to. Right. Um, getting a show and show on Netflix, and I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. That's my NDA. Um, (laughs) No, we are going to be hosting. I'm going to be hosting an MCU phases one through four trivia for a panel, and it's going to be so exciting. A bunch of Nerd Initiative members are going to be there, and it's going to be trivia giveaways. It's going to be just a really fun time, and really excited for it. Yes, and this is a driving force with Donovan. It was funny because um, one of the things we did before we even like once we all realized we were going to all be in the same place, we all put in for panels. And of all the people who did panels, Donovan was the only one that had one that was enticing enough for for Repop to come back and say, "Yeah, let's do this." And and so we're super excited about it. Um, and I guess Michael, this would be a good time for us to talk about you know um, what else is going on as well. Um, so Michael, First off, I want to say, speak for yourself because I was waitlisted and I was too. <laughs> That's I'm listen, I'm kidding. Waitlist, waitlist. Everyone got that. So like, but it was funny that they, they positioned it as like, really thought they, they had like a paragraph in there or really thought your, your idea was really interesting. And we really thought it was great. So we want to put you on the wait list. And I was like, and then Tony was like, I got waitlisted too. And then I think JJ was like, I got waitlisted too. And I was like, I think we all got, I think Donovan, Donovan got one of his other ones. Wait, listen, yeah. listen, if I can explain to you what, what convention waitlist means, it's like being friend zoned. That's all it is. It's like, please don't, please don't not come to the convention. And, and we like you as a friend, you. please come right. and spend your money, but we don't want to back you up. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So go ahead, Michael. Let's let's go ahead and let's spill the tea. Go for it. All right. So in addition to that, I I have a lot going on, which is amazing. So I'm excited for Donovan's panel. Um, We will have a lot of cool gear and giveaway stuff like that as well, if if they allow it. I'm sure they will. I mean, I I don't know how that those things run. Um, But on top of that, we're going to get a a booth and have space at C2E2. Um, I think it's going to be near Artist Alley and near the comic books area, which will be really cool. Uh, and it'll be really, it'll be really amazing to have like this actual space with like a built out backdrop and banners and things kind of like that. And speaking to people and really kind of just like spreading the word about what we're doing. And, but also it's going to be all about you. Uh, the whole thing is going to be about talking to the fans and the convention goers and getting their story and getting, you know, what makes them tick and why they're there and what they love. And so I'm really excited about that. I just kind of, cool to just meet some more nerds and connect with some more people it's really simple oh yeah and that's the great part about it because if, if you if, if you've started watching this show from the beginning what we used to do at the credits before i realized it wasn't sustainable was we would have all the credits but we would also have people submitting through tiktoks their nerd origin stories and we want more of those not just you know and this is a great part because we're, we're, we're a platform of promoting people. Um, we want to promote the fans. You, you know, if you're sitting here watching the show with us, 
we love you. And regardless of where like you're you. from, we're <laughs> like you. We, we promise not to put you on the wait list. Um, but whatever happens, you know, it's about, it's about what you love and what you're a fan of. And, and so getting that and, and always making sure we capture that and we keep, you know, we keep ourselves to our foundation of just loving what we love and having, having a good time and enjoying, you know, the content that's out there. Um, that's so important to me. So, mm-hmm. and by the way, <laughs> JJ just commented, I got waitlisted and didn't apply for a panel. So I, yeah, I feel even worse about my waitlisting email from, from C2E2. So that's thanks guys. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Before we continue on with any more uh, news, let's go ahead and also just say, um, if you love Nerd Initiative, you know, and you don't want to waitlist us for anything, um, just uh, be sure you can check us out. Um, We have, um, first of all, our website. Uh, If you actually follow this this QR code, um, this will take you to our Braid Network, which will show you a bunch of stuff that's going on. You're already on YouTube, but we've also got our social medias on there, as well as links to... Um, other podcasts and um, just all the stuff that we're into, especially our website. Um, And then if you would like to show your support, because we'd love to see you at C2E2, but you want to kind of like blend in and match with us. Don't pretend to be us because we're all nerds. You can be a nerd yourself as well. Um, Our merch store is located here on my face. Um, And so just, just uh, scan my face right now and, um, you'll be taken to our, our, our Mercer. Oh, it even had animated. What the what? <laughs> I didn't expect that. Um, there we go. There we go. That That's a little bit better. That way you can see me. Um, so yeah. So, um, the lots of cool stuff in there. The only thing I will warn you about is do not buy the bucket hat because for whatever reason, when we updated things, none of the logos that like all of the logos are on the seam. So it doesn't look good. We're going to, and the, the, the fun part is like in order to get rid of it, we have to get rid of all of the things that were similar to it. So, um, just don't buy the bucket hat. Just <laughs> if you do buy the bucket hat, I will the sign zero, it for you at C2E2. The zero people that have bought the bucket hat, it, we, we apologize. We will refund you and get you a better version of the bucket hat. Um, but yeah, yeah, d- but don't buy the bucket hat so that we give you money and then give you more merch. Like, that you won't guys, work. Stop emailing <laughs> me about the sports bra that was taken off the site and the bicycle pants. If you really want it, we'll put out a poll. If we get more than 100 people, we'll put the sports bra back up with the ends all over it or the bicycle pants. Or I think there was a, a jock strap in there at one point, too. We'll no, have, no, there was never a jock we strap. We will bring it back up. Don't worry. We will have all your favorite products. You Don't know. believe anything that he's saying right now. I mean, there was a sports bra, but there was never a jock strap. There were bicycle pants, though. But could you imagine people trying to support Nerd and Nate? Like, oh, look. <laughs> I don't want to go there. We're going to take that down now. Um, but thank you for that, for ruining that moment. Um, so <laughs> where, where to come back from? Speaking of jock straps, what's the next thing on here? Uh, oh, <laughs> this works. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, trailer. Talk about an amazing trailer at the, uh, the Super Bowl. Um, and that poster. Oh, my oh, word. Yeah. Oh, this I am. This is I'm more excited about this than than pretty much anything else right now. Um, thoughts, guys. I, I yeah, oh, it's gonna be a rough rough one though. We know that. Oh, I know. It's conflicting. Like you know, he's gonna he, James Gunn is a is a genius when it comes to writing up these ensembles. But like, 
after volume two losing Yondu and Uh, then uh, knowing what he's capable of from the suicide squad. Like I'm not happy, but I am happy, but I'm going to be bad. It's going to be rough. Um, I will say on, on a, as far as newness, I am excited about Adam Warlock. Um, and I, I think, you know, there's a lot of questions after the first one and about the actor and the first trailer and whatnot. He reminds me kind of of like a, a male version of Captain Marvel, as we saw in here. Like he's flying into ships and he's he's mm-hmm. and so I do hope there is like, I mean, I think he's gonna be a really interesting character. Um, he might even he we might hate to love him because he might end up taking out some of our guardians, but we'll we'll see what happens with that. But also just uh, noticing that we have uh, the High Evolutionary, uh, mm-hmm. Chuck Woody Luigi, um, which worked with James Gunn in um, this, uh, the Peacemaker series. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely looks like a force to be awakened, to, to be reckoned with. And I, I love that statement that Rocket made in the trailer. It kind of broke your heart. It's like he doesn't want to make things better. He just doesn't like the way things he doesn't want things to be the way they are. Um, and just you can tell there's such there's so much hurt when it comes to this and i it's it's almost like rocket has to go back and deal with the trauma that he had to deal with mm-hmm. um and this guy is just like he's like at one point he's like incinerate them like he's not even yeah not even just heartless i like to see him and kane go at each other yeah they kind of have similar outfits right i mean yeah, they do yeah. actually yeah yeah well, purple. They love purple. They're, they're they do. So, yeah. So does Cassie. Oh, um, we also, I mean, a, a cute factor that I'm sure Disney and Marvel is going to make a billion dollars on. We got Rocket and his life partner. Do we know the name of the life? Lila. 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 Adorable. Oh, yeah. And then also, like, I'm going to go back to the the previous thing. Uh, the, the, that, the That creature up there with Gamora and, and, and Peter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like that thing, like I've I've seen so much on t- on on Twitter. Like, what is that thing's name, or what is it, and where can I buy one? Literally, it's like the Morris from Shang Chi. That literally blew up TikTok. Everything. That's what this mm. thing is gonna do. And then, like you said, with um with Adam Warlock there. Um, so what do we think? I mean, because we know, so we know in the in in the comics uh, to get people you know watching that don't know. Obviously, Adam Warlock has an Infinity Gem in his forehead what is that um <laughs> like any 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 takers on what that could be what that is going to be i mean I, it's got to be there for a reason right yeah well there were in the comic books it, it there's there roughly is more than just the six infinity gems or stones but by the way did you guys you guys know why we call them stones in the mcu and not gems right no because chris pratt couldn't say gem what Chris Pratt no. struggled saying gem. And since they were first called in fit, well, they were first called infinity stones during the production of guardians of the galaxy. They changed, they changed them to stones. So they'd match. And the end credit scene where they're first called stones in the MCU was filmed at the same time at Thor dark world. When they were at Tenelier Tavar's um, collection, when the, when Sif, when and, they bring the ether. Yep. When they bring the ether. Um, so it's because of it's because of Chris Pratt that we we don't call them gems. 
And Ken, who always drops the most insightful stuff from the comics. So Warlock has the soul gem in his forehead in the books. Um, and he does eventually wield the gauntlet, which we won't get because that's done in, in the past and whatever. So I do wonder what the future is for Warlock. It'll be really interesting. Um, yeah. And, and it's funny because like even in um, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, there is a belief that when you go into... Um, um the broker the broker's um shop with peter when he first goes to sell the orb if you look to the to the left of him um it looks like one of the items that's from the universal church of truth which was a big thing that was associated with warlock uh, with with adam warlock because when he's in his form of as magus they worship him mm. and um and so it's believed to be one of those one of those relics um and so it's kind of interesting like will we will we possibly see that and if if that's the case like are the sovereign kind of maybe the mcu's version of the universal church of truth but i'm asking too many questions we'll get down to the, and will we get mag later. will we get magus's fro oh my word <laughs> so again we got to fill people in magus for those that don't know magnus is like the evil version of warlock it's his like very short summary it's when the, the stone book, takes over him, basically, isn't it? Yeah, his, the power is too much, and he has to put himself in check. But in the books, Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War were vastly different than what we saw in the movies. And and basically, one, they're fighting Thanos and, and whatever. And the next one, like Thanos is fighting along with them and fighting all the evil versions of themselves. And it's like this huge battle and, and whatnot. But Magus is, if you could pull a photo of him right now, Magus... So Warlock does look pretty, pretty accurate, long flowing blonde hair and whatever. But Magnus has is like a purplish with like a huge gray afro. And it's it is it is a unique, unique uh, character uh, version of Warlock. I'm trying to see if I can pull up. Not all of them have the fro, though. That's the thing. Like. Jim Starlin and all, all the I think George Perez, Jim Starlin, all those guys, man, they I, those are the good times for comic books in the eighties and nineties, like just creative, crazy art. The, the visuals were nuts. Let's see if I can share my desktop real quick. Uh, here we go. I feel bad. I put Tony on the spot. <laughs> There's Warlock. And then right behind him, you see Magus here. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I found. I kind of know if you <laughs> yeah, can see my screen. It's very seventies. Yeah. Like, like almost like kung fu inspired cosmic kind of uh craziness. Yep. So that's that's that but like like I mean we're 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 going to be talking a lot more cuz this is coming out in May mm -hmm. uh May 5th um and uh next up something that I'm super excited about as well is we got our first poster for the Marvels which is a precursor for a trailer at this point. So we should be getting one of those and we get to see the costumes, which I will be honest with you. I'm excited about all of them, except for I do believe that Miss Marvel's Kamala Khan's costume was perfect in the series. I like did they really like didn't need to do series. anything to yeah. it, yeah. Um, but we do get the costumes. We do get the logos for each of the characters. Um, and I love how they added the line um, higher, further, faster together. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Any comments? Oh, me? Okay, I'll go. Yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> I, as you can see, I loved Miss Marvel. 
Um, it was such a relatable, touching story, and I loved WandaVision. So we have like so many different aspects from our time in the MCU coming together, and we know that it's setting up something big in this multiverse saga. So it should be exciting to see. I'm a little sad that it got pushed out, but that just means that it's going to be better making it a, the best movie that they possibly can. So I'm here for it. We got a Absolutely. really cool quote or comment in um, that the calf is Kamala Khan's shadow. I that's a really good call out on on YouTube um, because that is cool. It wraps around that is that's really dope and it matches the Marvels right as well. Oh so yeah, that, that is cool. that cool. is cool. I didn't even yeah. notice that. Yeah. Uh, well, so I can put this up there. And for those of you who are listening to this on the podcast, we're sorry that you can't see these pictures, uh, but these are all available on YouTube. So you can go back and look at them. And um, we're, we're going to be working on a site here that you can look at any of the pictures that we put up, like a, like a, maybe a page on Nerd Initiative where I'll link to it in the podcast and you can actually see all of the images from that episode. Um, but that's like down the road. We'll see how that goes. Um <clears throat> But uh, but yeah, it's very cool. Um, I was going to say this a little bit later, but uh, Kevin Feige did an interview with EW. And one of the things he said about the Marvels was, first of all, he's super excited. It's really a fun, a fun movie. Um, but he said that Iman Vellani really steals the show. And I think I think that's that's kind of an obvious thing. She's she's got a great like demeanor about her. Like, I'm super excited uh, with Brie Larson. I like Brie Larson a lot. Um, I, I really appreciate it. I was on Twitter and I noticed that she had put out, it was a little magnifying glass with the poster of the, of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Mm. And she's like, you know, congratulations guys. Um, she's definitely a team player and I'm looking forward to seeing her develop because I, I, I want people to shut up when it comes to saying, Oh, well, you know, she didn't really get much time and she doesn't really have much character development. I'm like, she was playing a brainwashed person that was under the Cree, you know, influence. Don't give me that. Just give her time. And uh, this might be the chance. So, um, and I mean, it goes mentioning Tiona Paris. Uh, I think, like you said, she was great in. Uh, sorry, I got like choked up. I think for what you're saying, but um, I think she was great in WandaVision. And I'm, I really am excited to see what she brings to the table because I, she was a standout in that show. Uh, so playing like the, you know, Monica Rambo, like the new Captain Marvel, like from the future. I think that'll be really cool to see how she evolves and comes together. And she's another one that, like, a, you know, we talk about these. <clears throat> we're going to talk about Modoc in a little bit, which I'm excited about. We talk about these like fan favorite characters, and I think the Monica Rambeau, um, Captain Marvel, or her originally she was what? Uh, fa not Fasto. Fa always get photon, the photon, photon. There, I always get the PH words mixed up. Uh, she was originally photon. Another, you know fan favorite for people like one of the smaller, you know, lesser known characters. I think that is really being developed and being brought out to the mainstream. So I'm excited to see what she's yeah. going to do with this. Yeah. I, I, I liked her as photon. I really liked uh, Monica Rambeau when she was spectrum. Um, that was a cool character. Of course, she also doesn't look human at that point because she looks like the galaxy basically. Mm -hmm. um, but, but very cool. In fact, she kind of like transcends like humanity at one point and she's brought back down. And that's when we really get like interactions with her and blue Marvel, um, mm -hmm. which I have, I have like fan castings for blue Marvel, like crazy. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so let's go ahead and take the, like, a quick break before we go into more Marvel news. Um, and let's hear from uh, Samosas and Popcorn, uh, Pooja, for Pooja's Picks. 
Hello everyone, it's Pooja and I'm here to bring you the latest in movie news. Let's get into it. Returning to select theaters for a limited time, the critically acclaimed film from Ang Lee, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is back. The film takes place in China during the 19th century as a warrior gives his sword to his beloved for safekeeping. But when the sword is stolen by an unknown assassin, a chase begins to retrieve it and along the way, the unexpected happens. Apple TV Plus has just released its newest original film, Sharper, which stars Julianne Moore, Sebastian Stan, Justice Smith, Brianna Middleton, and John Lithgow. As secrets unfold in New York City, a young man seeks out revenge against his family for their refusal to accept him, and he proceeds to con other rich people in an attempt to gain all the wealth that he can acquire. And finally, the movie to kick off Phase 5 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Kang is ready to crush and conquer in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. The movie follows the lives of Scott Lang and the gang after Scott has amassed fame from being part of the team that saved the world after the blip. In this new adventure, he is sucked into the quantum realm along with Hope and his daughter Cassie. And, well, you know what? I'm gonna stop there and just let y'all watch it. After all, it's a little bit more fun that way, isn't it? Well, that's it for my pick for the week. Tune in for another episode in the next two weeks. But until then, back to Tony and Michael. I, I love I love her picks. I love like the suggestions yeah. she makes because it's sometimes it's stuff I don't even like know about. Yeah, so, I had no idea about that one about Apple TV. It looked like it was from like the 90s or something, but it's a brand new movie. That's crazy. I, I know, right? Apple is marketing it. Um, I mean, they're they're kind of a fan of uh, they're they're a friend of Nerd Initiative. We do a, a few things with them and. I will say, like, as someone who does a lot of streaming, um, you know, as far as like checking out different platforms and, and channels, I think, you know, there's some, there's always like, I think people are finding their identity on different platforms like Netflix. And, you know, we have, we were big fans of The Circle and, and Love is Blind on Netflix and things like that. Apple TV is really, I mean, they are crushing it with like some of this A list stuff, like shrinking with, with, Harrison oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. That. I literally just tweeted earlier today, whatever the writers in like Apple TV are eating other streaming platforms because they're shrinking now is amazing. There's Ted Lasso. There's Severance. There's Loot. Like they're all such oh, good shows. God. Yeah. So I, I they're really to me, I think a lot of people still are have not, you know, gravitated towards it, but they are really just giving out some of the best content we've seen across, you know. So, yeah, I'm excited. Donovan, I'm glad you made that. You said that quote because I was literally going to quote you because I forgot it was it came from you. Because I, I was going through Twitter, I'm like, that's a really that's a really profound comment. I'm like, I like that. Like the idea, like whatever they're doing, you know, people need to follow suit. And I think that's the thing. Like, I think we're going to see a migration from some of this stuff because of like what Netflix is doing with the password sharing stuff. Like, people are just going to get like frustrated and fed mm -hmm. up because you know they're overseas. Like, the, so our deployed soldiers can't use their Netflix because they can't get back to their home Wi-Fi. So. You know, it's like, you know, all of these like what ifs we don't think about, but it's like, yeah, it, it is what it is. Okay, so. Marvel News. Kevin Feige did come out with some uh, with some interesting tidbits uh, regarding stuff that is going on with the MCU or with Marvel uh, moving forward. Uh, one of the things that I thought was I was saddest for is a comment, but this kind of coincides with something that Bob Iger just said recently, um, that they are going to be dialing back the rate of production for some of the Disney plus Marvel shows um, so that they can focus on quality over quantity, yes. um, which honestly, 
there were parts of Moon Knight I felt that way. You know, it became a joke in She-Hulk. There's one thing I think about. I always, I always, everybody kept saying there's too much content, but I, I'm like, we had almost two years of no content, and I didn't care if it was completely done. And then I've also come to love doing watch parties. Like Michael, you sleep early. You know, I know it's past your I'm an old now, man, but like, <laughs> Get but like you know, Donovan, myself, uh, John, uh, marvelous Johnny, um, Will Wilkins, uh, King Von Schweetz. We were up at 3 a.m. for me. Um, not so bad for some of them. Um, watching these as they dropped, and it was so much fun. Like just like those moments as as a group to be able to enjoy them. Um, and uh, I mean, it's fun. I mean, it's 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 great. I mean, I'm glad that they're going to focus on, you know, this and, and, you know, all these people who complain about mid stuff. Maybe you'll maybe shut up a little bit. But again, um, makes me sad because I, I like lots of content. So. I will I, I will explain my clapping, though. I'm clapping not for Disney Plus, more for all the streaming platforms. Um, and I think that's what we, we were talking about. Apple TV plus, like I think Apple TV is putting out quality content and like spending. So we get a lot of these shows like Don mentioned severance and, and, and you're like, Oh, this is drawing me in. There are some other platforms I think. And I don't think so much Disney plus, I mean, there was a lot of content coming out, which I didn't mind, but there are places that I'm trying to think of platforms. Maybe it's like prime and other ones that are just throwing anything at the wall and it's a little well, it's like think of netflix they 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 throw things out and there are things that we you you love but because they throw out so much like mm -hmm. they get canceled like i'm gonna be honest with you there is a show on there was a show on netflix it was called daybreakers where oh, it's basically Daybreak. like the apocalypse the one yes oh my the gosh, I loved it had matthew matthew broderick was a cannibal like a cannibal adult and like like he was just like a menacing, like like I never saw that. It was it was it was a fun show. It was so good. It was it was so much fun. I was so looking forward to it. And they ended it on a cliffhanger, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, it's not getting a season two. I'm like yeah. and, and, and society. And, oh, and then we get like five kissing booths, and you know, all these ones that are just <laughs> all the boys I love before. Literally like, yes. number nine. Uh, yeah. And then they get we get like uh, movies like Babysitter, which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then they said that we're doing a sequel. And I'm like, oh, yes. And then I saw it. And I'm like, it was okay. It wasn't my yeah. favorite. Like, you know, it, it is what it is. But at least they, they could... stopped. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it just made me so bad because like with that movie, like they the, the first like five minutes of the second movie, like completely undoes all of the character development in the first yeah. one. Wow. It's like it's like who's writing this stuff? It's It's just like with Matt Waldron, I think is his name who wrote um, okay. Multiverse of Madness. He did Loki, but I think he did Multiverse of Madness as well. Yeah, yeah. And they were setting up Scarlet Witch as the big bad for Avengers. And they were going to do this whole crossover thing with House of M with her. And he convinced Feige to do her for Multiverse of Madness. And I feel, as much as I enjoy a lot of Multiverse of Madness, I feel cheated. Yeah. Because it's like that was that was that could have been so much more. And it's and I think that's I think that's kind of where like Bob Iger came out and said they're not just looking at it for Marvel. They're looking at all of their major IPs. They're looking at kind of dialing back a little bit because I think like for Star Wars, Mandalorian is fantastic. 
Then you have Book of Boba Fett where there's mixed reviews because it's really like Mandalorian 2.5. Mm. Um, but I still enjoyed all of it. Um, I have, I'm sorry because I've heard a lot of good reviews and it's not because of anything other than I'm more focused on other things right now. Um, I have not watched Andor, but, but it's like, it's like, there's a lot of stuff that it's kind of like, you know, take it or leave it now. Do I want to still watch it? Yes, I do. Uh, but it was even like with Kenobi, I was, I think they were like, I think they were like four episodes in before I even started watching it. Well, the problem with Kenobi, I want to interject on that one. And that was the biggest mistake they did. It was a concurrent with Miss Marvel. So, yeah. and they were like, what, a day apart? And so, yeah, two Wednesday, Thursday. Kenobi was excellent. Kenobi was. Oh, it was great. Kenobi was grade A, filet mignon, Kobe B, <laughs> excellent. Like that Vader, Obi Wan fight. Oh, my Lord. It was incredible. And so, Miss Marvel was, was really good as well. And so, it, they just cannibalize each other. Um, and so it's, it's, it was just a weird choice. I remember when it was out, we were like in the midst of it. And I was like, this is an amazing ride. This is a wild ride. This is so much fun, but also like they should have done them like back to back or something. Like, well, why, like why? Kenobi was the first uh, star Wars or um, it was the first non Marvel property on Disney plus that I actually watched the entire series multiple times mm. Um, mm. because it was so good. And in fact, my son and I, um, sat and watched it all together in one sitting and he loved it. And speaking of which I need to say this real quick, Bubby um, tomorrow, it's like two hours from now. Um, It's your birthday. He's going to be eight years old. Uh, So happy birthday to him. And um, uh, super excited. He, he loves star Wars now. And I love that. He loves star Wars. When we went to, um, to Disney world, like we, we did rise of resistance twice. No, three times. And then we did uh, the Millennium, the Smugglers Run twice, and like we had the blue milk and everything. Like he just was so excited about all of it. That's awesome. So, Wait, yeah, and I made him watch Kenobi. Oh, um, he's saying time is cyclical, and so it's your your son is twenty five. He's also eight. He's also three. It's all happening at the same time. So, just wanted to drop that on you. That's it. Sorry. You know I can do this. Bye, Michael. <laughs> wow. <laughs> cool. I have I have all control. Like, like I'm in my little I need to get one of those like those round chairs. And... You're the guy in the chair. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm the guy <laughs> in the chair. <clears throat> all right. So um yeah, so on top of on top of what he said um about the Disney Plus shows, we also got some really great news. Um they're talking about that the Tom Holland Spider-Man. Spider-Man four is they have plans for it. In fact, they have big plans for it and they are current. The writers are currently trying to put ink to paper right as we speak, uh, which is fantastic. Yeah. Who's going to direct it? Is it still going to be John? No, John Watts is out, right? No, no. John Watts is out. He's, he's going over to star Wars. They were going to have him do fantastic four. He's stepped away from Marvel. He may come back, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm super excited. Let, you know, oh, let yeah. somebody else have a chance for it. Um, it's a little bit of a different story. We've got a symbiote in the MCU now, so there's always that potential. Um, so, you know, I, I'm excited. I'm super excited, especially if we find out there's like a, you know, we, we find out that the Prowler's kid is out there or his his nephew is out there mm-hmm. uh, doing his thing. Miles um, Exactly. Um, and then we also were told that, of course, we already knew this. Harrison Ford is joining the MCU. Um, he is picking up the place 
of uh, Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross um, after William Hurt passed away. Um, and he will be in both Thunderbolts and he will be in Captain America 4. Um, and he will be President Ross. Okay, so Harrison Ford is 80 years old and he is having a Ford renaissance of sorts. I mean, he like he's just kind of flexing a different muscle. I mean, we all know he's notorious. Like, you know, he was killed off in Rise of or not uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, historically was not a big fan of all these things. And, you know, he's a very serious guy. Great actor. Always loved Nina Jones. That's his top. Right. But yeah. I love him in in shrinking. He plays um, a shrink that's dealing with. I think it's it's Parkinson's. I think um, and really flexing different muscle. Be sarcastic, really funny. And then you know we're getting this, which is incredible. And then you know obviously we're getting another Indiana Jones. And we know in D twenty three he he got emotional. We don't see that. And so I just I, I'm loving this Harrison Ford. It's just he is really seems different to me and I hope it's a good thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I'm, I'm super, yeah, I just, as a lifelong fan, I mean, this is great to see, like can't get enough of this guy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's kind of weird cause I've always seen him be like this curmudgeon of a guy mm -hmm. when it comes to star Wars and stuff. And I, I did love seeing how he was like emotionally involved in, in this whole, um, you know, the, the Indiana Jones stuff, which, um, you know, hopefully we're glossing over the kingdom of the crystal skull, um, completely, um, not for just for Shia LaBeouf, but just, that was just a weird movie. And Bring Shia back. Uh, Bring Shia back. Again, I could still do this. It's <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, but, uh, it's going to be interesting. I think it's also be interesting. Just, uh, not thinking about Harrison Ford, but the idea of Thunderbolt Ross, um, we, we, we have this as character as established in the MCU. It is going to be a, it's going to be a, a, a cast change for it. Um, uh, Ross is kind of a big jerk in the MCU mm. and, and for him to be the president, like we're, I, I, I think with, with the, de the department of damage control and with, with him as president, I could imagine we're going to see something like Kamala, Kamala, uh, was it Kamala's law? Um, in the MCU at some point. And if, for those of you who don't know it, it's, it's basically a law that was passed that banned, um, adolescents from acting in vigilante and vigilante. Mm. And so people like Peter Parker, well, Peter Parker was older at the time, but like Kamala Khan, a lot of the young Avengers, they would all be considered outlaws and could suffer arrest by the department of damage control for doing things like their, you know, what well, heroes do well he's gonna put you know he'll probably put um priority on um the thunder you know yeah the thunderbolts right like or the dark avengers or whatever we're getting we're getting you know all different kinds but i mean you know he's gonna he will be red hulk i'm sure and so i i think him and um how do you say it val contessa Volta, like what oh. uh will be i i feel like they'll be in cahoots uh you know, thick as thieves. And so I, I, that, that makes a lot of sense. And president her probably running, you know, whatever department she wants, you know, she'll move up from the CIA to something else and probably be like, you know, secretary of state or something. So it'll well, be well, well, 
being being head of the CIA is an appointed position. So if if anything, she was appointed by the president to do so. Mm. So she's got to be up there with with um, with Ross at that point. So, yeah, it's going to be messed up. Uh, but moving on, because like ugh, Ross, um, we do know for Thunderbolts um, that Bucky Barnes will be the de facto leader of the team, um, which is kind of weird. Uh, just because like all of them have like these, well, you know, what actually doesn't, it doesn't, it's not, it's not, he's, if anybody's going to be like a Rick flag to the suicide squad, it would be Bucky Barnes, I think. Um, and at the same time, like he knows about how to, you know, move on from your past and find something, some sort of redemption. And I think with the team like red guardian, um, with love, uh, love red guardian i love david could you imagine and it, it, it would be so funny if like you find out later on like he fought bucky and thought bucky was captain america because he had the star on his arm that would have been cool oh, that could be the you know we, we we have that whole story uh from the jail and stuff so that might be your answer right there so but but then also with this you know we're gonna have to find out you know what happened to bucky's arm and how he's getting a second one um since we know that's from the holiday special, um, James Gunn is confirmed. She did take that arm off of Bucky. So <laughs> I want that. I want that one shot too. I want to see Bucky <laughs> like lose his arm. Um, also, we're moving on here. Um, want to make sure I didn't, I did miss hearing somebody. Um, also, we discovered that, well, it's been confirmed by Kevin Feige that the Deadpool movie will be rated R. Uh, this will be the first rated R um, movie in the MCU. Um, now, there's a precedence for this. We know that because of, you know, Ryan Reynolds with Deadpool, like profanity is a big thing with this character. Um, there is one thing that I hope that if they kind of keep this movie like the other two, when Deadpool translates into the other character like when we, we see him cross over with like captain Amer like captain america or the avengers or whatever he still tries to curse but it's bleeped out and people are like wondering why he's doing that like they think that's like him doing it on purpose and it's because you know with fourth wall breaks and stuff he knows he can't he's he's being censored and he just like gets angry at like kevin feige or something i i that's kind of something i would like to see happen That'd be funny. I'd also like to see like a parallel universe Captain America. If he swears him be like language or something like that. <laughs> and wow. then the argument that would ensue afterward. Yes. <laughs> I want to see Hydra Cap. I mean, I, I think Ooh. It's, yeah, it's rumored that we might get that in Secret Wars, um, whether it's Chris Evans or not. But I, I want to see Hydra Cap. That would be really kind of cool. Like again. I think I think we probably I don't know. Marvel is going to do whatever they want. I think with Captain America four being called New World Order, I think the Hydra Cap, especially with the anger that that the comic book fans had when it came out, they they might want to steer clear to that. But they might just be like, you know, DC, you 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 think you can offend people? You know, hold my drink. Listen, we know. We know that our loving friend Danielle Silverstone will be on Marvel's door if they do anything with, um, you know, Hydra Cap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With with her anger for you know for for uh, Peggy Carter um, already, 
which yeah peggy carter i don't know why yeah. I was um <laughs> it's like the carters yeah i almost said sharon um you know it's it's there there's a lot of people that have opposing opinions and i think like uh another character we were just speaking about uh or we we were going to be speaking about like moon knight mm-hmm. you know and the lack of jewish representation i think a lot of people would be upset by that but you know it's one of those things we'll just have to see. But what I, the reason why Moon Knight is up here is because Kevin Feige has said that he sees a future for Moon Knight moving forward in the MCU. It may not necessarily mean a, a continuation of the show, but we might see Moon Knight in, let's say, a movie or a crossover or Secret Wars or something. Um, so there's at least a, a future for Mark Spector um, to do his thing with Khonshu. Um I would, that would I would be just a shame if if it if it wasn't the case. I was just gonna say I, think... I, I was just thinking that why would they you know why would they introduce somebody like Werewolf by Night? Is that gonna be one of those cases where they just did that and now there's nothing else? Well, that's the problem, right? We talked about earlier when we were talking about this the you know saturation of things, and I think when things when you come out, that's why I was clapping because when you come out with too many things mm-hmm. and then you have to fit everything in, and, and especially when you have a a, a you know, a fluid world like the MCU or or DCU or, or anything that you have out there. If you have too many things to exactly what Donovan said, if, you know, man, that would be awful if Moon Knight just, they were like, oh, we just can't fit him in right now. And like, he just gets thrown to the wayside. I mean, that's kind of how, well, Deadpool was a different thing, but, you know, for, it was 10 years that Ryan Reynolds was trying to get them to make that. And they were like, you know, they, they you know, they were, they, they, they'd greenlit a, a spinoff, like, a decade before the, the movie actually came out and they killed it. And then he went and did green lantern. Great movie. Um, then he, then, you know, like, and I think like, that's why I think it's like, I, I keep, I've been saying this all week, aim small, miss small. Like we're going to have, we're going to mm-hmm. have variety for everyone. But let's not do too much because I don't want to see characters fall through the cracks. I don't want to see things not werewolf by night was great. Like let's, we yeah. gotta continue these things. Oh, we have to have man thing. We need more man thing in the, in the mm. MCU. Like, like we just need to know like that world. And then of course, then also bloodstone. Like I was just going like, to say, yeah, we need the bloodstone now. There was oh, like, nothing more on that. <laughs> oh, um, let me tell you something. If they go the route, like one of my favorite, one of my favorite storylines in the last secret wars that they did back in like 2014, 2015 um, was uh, of course, doom who took on himself as like the, he was like the being of God in the comics. Mm. Um, he created all of these different worlds. There was like a planet Hulk world. There mm-hmm. was, um, there was a Modoc world where everybody was Modoc. There was like an oh Ar- Armor Wars world. There was a world where Regent had taken that over and right had stolen. There. That glorious man right there. There was a, there was a story where Regent, um, who's this big bad who basically harvests his heroes and uses them to power his suit, and like he takes all of the superheroes and it. The the story was about and it, it was like it was it was called Spider Man Renew Your Vows, and it was it was it was as as if Spider Man never did the one more day or the one day more deal with Mephisto. And so he did get married to Mary Jane. They did have May Parker, the little, the, his daughter, mm. and she had his abilities, but they were, they were using devices that Peter made to hamper his, their abilities because Regent was searching for super or for Spider-Man because he was the last hero that was left. And mm. like, it's this whole story about this. And then, but one of my favorite things um, from it was the Marvel zombies world. And it was literally Elsa mm. Bloodstone leading an arsenal of people up against this group, this huge wall that separated the zombies from the living. And their whole goal day by day was to fight the undead. 
And like at one point they ended up over the wall and you discover that um, some of the zombies had found Deadpool, but instead of biting him and turning him, they, they, they decapitated him. And so his head was hanging and they had like his, his scalp cut off and they had a spoon next to it or a spork. And they were literally eating parts of his brain because they knew it would grow back. Oh, and awful. so they came to feast so that they could, they could survive and, and keep, cause the you know, Marvel zombies, whenever they were hungry, they lost their minds, which was the funny, which was the funniest part of the whole story. Because like when, when, when it was a Kirkman, they got hangry. Um, when, when Kirkman did it, uh, Peter is like bitten. He's turning, he's trying to tell Mary Jane and May to get out of the way and keep away from him. He gets hungry, eats, uh, Mary Jane and, and May and then when he once he eats them, he gets his 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 mind back, and he's weeping. So every time Spider Man finishes eating, he's just crying because he ate people, and he's crying because he ate May and and, and Mary. It's it's so it's so funny. Um, but but it was it was a great story. So Elsa Bloodstone has to continue in the MCU. Like that's like the whole monster section is like something that just needs to be tapped into. Yeah. Um, and then let's go ahead and get off of Marvel now. Um. Uh, this is for Michael. I'm going to let Michael talk about this. Um, also with the Super Bowl, we did get another trailer for. Yes. Two, it's all about family, guys. It's all about family. Um, by the way, I just got breaking news coming to my inbox. Um, the Chris Evans pre-orders for now. This is for SWOW, not for C2E2 in person. The pre-orders are sold out. Um, wow. any send-ins. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Cause I think Mark Ruffalo took at least a few days. Um, Chris Evans less than 12 hours. Uh, so that's just out there for people watching. Um, fam yes, yes. Ken family. Um, first of all, who would have thought Brie Larson would be in a fast X movie, uh, or fast <laughs> movie. What, what is going on? Um, at this pace in the last like 10 movies, what, who's not been in a fast X film except for like me. So wait, let's look at the heroes that are in there. So <clears throat> we got Groot. Now we got Aquaman. We got Captain Marvel. We got uh, Gal Gadot. Uh, so we have Wonder Woman. Um, who else has been in this game-changing, you know, era-defining, I can't call it a trilogy. It's an ex exegy. Um, the greatest movie series that, we have ever seen in cinema. Uh, if it does not win best picture, uh, this is an atrocity. That's all I'm going to say. Let me, let me just say one of the cast members names makes sense for how I feel about these films. At this point, we had a car go into space. So just like the cast members name, this movie is going to be ludicrous. <laughs> Cadillac grills, Cadillac mail. <laughs> Uh, you know what? At this point, at this point, the only way that this film could be more outrageous is if it crossed over with Jurassic World. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Because Jurassic World was turning into the Fast and Furious franchise. Like, let's face it. Um, they were they were getting there. I mean, like, it's all about family. It may, may be clone family, but it's family. Um, I but still, yeah, I, I'm still owed a 10 second car. Is all I'm going to say. So and I want to just say this. I find it hilarious. Um Vin Diesel is like the Iron Man of this franchise when you think about started it because it he started all okay, like he started all, but at the same time, all of the villains are consequences of his actions. Oh, that's great. Like all of them, like either they're only, only or they're 
I was gonna say only. Uh, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. I said uh, only Vin Diesel is not learn always learning. <laughs> oh my goodness! I, I, okay, if you can. Um, we need Crisis of Dominic Toretto's. <laughs> yeah, the Crisis of Infinite Earths, where it's just like Dom's pulling in Dom's for other universes. Wait, oh my I, goodness! Wait, I'm trying to see how much overall all the Fast and the Furious movies have made because it, it's. It's record breaking. Like there's I've not never seen anything. a fast movie. Well, you're, you're, you're not missing. Not okay. Let me, let me, I'll be personally honest with you. <laughs> the first one was okay, but it's very dated. Tokyo drift was fun, but people were kind of like, what is this? And then when you find out where it fits into the franchise, you're like, how did they like, really? It's like wibbly wobbly timey wimey. I mean, this is <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and then, um, too fast, too furious. Uh, you get ludicrous in it. I, th I think he was the best part of the film. Um, and, Tyrese, and then Tyrese is good. Tyrese is good and stuff. First appearance he, and origin of Tyrese. It's where he starts. He's like, always, oh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Oh. Uh, and and yeah, then, wait, wait, wait. But, but fast four, fast and furious four. Before and you move on. Uh, who, what star? Uh, my wifey out there, Erica. I hope you're paying attention if you're still watching. I know it's been an hour and a half, but who started is the, the villain in Too Fast, Too Furious? Uh, former teen star Cole Hauser, who is now of uh, Yellowstone fame. Oh. Bring it up. Bring it up. Oh, okay. Hey, okay. There's no fighting on the Yellowstone. If you fight, you're going uh, first. So let's go. I didn't, Michael, I didn't realize that we started talking about Fast and Furious. You start getting street. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, but, but I will say, uh, the was it fast and furious which was the the fourth film and then fast five were fantastic i okay. love them fast six is where it starts kind of getting wonky i'm looking so, at the screen I'm, so i'm looking at the box office mojo and so here's a quick rundown top all time is furious seven then we have fast and furious six then we have fade the furious then we have fast five then fast and furious presents hobbs and shaw then f9 the fast saga fast and furious is seventh Eighth is The Fast and the Furious. Nine is Too Fast, Too Furious, underrated film. Ten is The Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. And then 11, unreleased, uh, re-released The Fast and the Furious. Uh, and that only got like $200,000. But I, I want to I I say something. There, there's, there is something about the way that they, that you think that they're doing all these alliterations with the name and stuff. They completely missed out on this film. First of all, Fast X sounds like something you have when you've eaten too many beans. Um, like you need to take a, I, listen, I'm feeling bloated. Send me a fast X. And then the, the second thing is like, they completely miss the opportunity here because if they would have just called it fast 10, you could fasten your seatbelts. Oh, so they lost me. Like, like if you're not even going to like that, that, that's all you had to do. Over. We got walk off. It's a walk off. Drop the mic. That's it. That, there's nothing that's going to top that. So <laughs> any last comments anybody wants to say about these films? I'm doing the quick math in my head. You guys keep talking amongst yourselves. I want to see how much. Um, I didn't get to see all the cars. We got to go out on the Warner Brothers tour and see all the cars from the movie. So that was oh, kind of cool. My friend that I went with loved the movie. So she was excited. I was like, OK, I have no idea what any of these cars mean, but that's nice. now I will say the car in the upper right hand corner. Uh, I guess it's that way here. Um, Dominic Toretto's car is freaking amazing. I've always loved that car. Mind you, it's been blown up at least once. 
Um, that's all, that's the thing. Not only do the cars come back to life, but the people do in this film as well. Th- this is like th- this is like literally like if you want to know what a comic book is like on on a daily basis, that's that gets close to it. I gotta um, say that my closing thought. Uh, so I just did the math real quick, and it seems to be lifetime gross for all the films. Oh, just over two billion. I thought it would be a lot more than that, but oh wow, um, yeah, yeah. It could be maybe I'm, I don't know maybe this is wrong but I, it says lifetime growth maybe that's domestic I don't know maybe that's not well I, you you remember if you're looking up the word gross with the Fast and Furious franchise you might get the wrong search uh, results <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing my wife loves them I do have all of them except for of course Fast X um, so yeah I'll I'll probably watch it and it's just getting harder and harder to like. You know, it's now it's just like, okay, who are they going to bring back to life this time? Like, honestly. Um, and and then here's the thing. Every time, like, you know, if the, if the, unless the villain gets killed in the movie, they're going to be like, a, they're going to be one of the heroes in the next. Yeah. And I'm oh, sitting yeah. there going like the amount of damage that these people, they should be in like in a hole somewhere. And yet they're like able to drive cars off of bridges and stuff. But I, I digress. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and move on. He's hungry. Uh, there we go. Uh, last thing, and this is a, none of us really have a whole lot of knowledge about this, but that's perfectly fine. Uh, another film that we did see a trailer at the Super Bowl. It's been announced. Uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, um, you, you, by the way, we're just not going to talk about Ant-Man quantum Manum at all this show. So I'm just, uh, Oh no, this film, like I told you, there's a lot to cover and we're not doing well on, on time management. Um, terrible. We've got one more thing to talk about and then we're going to do Mickey's, um, uh, Mickey segment. We're we we're gonna we're gonna talk about Donovan's red carpet experience. And we're gonna do uh, an explain a breakdown for Cassie Lang, and then we're gonna talk about the film. Sheesh, uh, I did not I did not. We apologize, guys. Yes, apologize. but you know what? There we 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 actually have been holding steady at sixty viewers uh, in the live, which is fantastic. So we're gonna keep on going. You guys, you guys are, are here, and we appreciate you, and um, we appreciate you so much. I want to make sure that you know you can buy merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't want to go too fast and too furious for you guys. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh well. Okay, but the last thing we're going to talk about it uh, with the nerd news of the week, um, or of the two weeks, I guess, is a movie that I'm actually surprisingly excited for, and that's Adam Driver and 65 Million Years Ago. Um, other than like uh, some of the dinosaurs don't look realistic, um, this film looks like a like a honest jump scare that that's going to be enjoyable. Uh, I, I, I think of it. I don't know if it's going to be on the same level as like, I am legend when it comes to like the jump scare stuff. Um, but of course you get an, you get an adult that's highly capable, a warrior and they have to protect a kid and you've got giant monsters trying to eat them. Um, I'm excited about it. Uh, stop me. If, if you guys didn't also think it was like, if Kylo Ren had, had lived in rise of Skywalker at the beginning of the trailer, (laughs) He's like in the he's in like the jet and he's flying and I was like oh Kylo's getting a spinoff like cool all right not, all, not only that but the little girl that he's trying to protect is a is a younger clone of of Ray yeah I have to save Palpatine's daughter I went back sixty five million years to make this happen or granddaughter yes. sorry yes I'm just excited right. to see a non Jurassic Park dinosaur movie it's been a while and oh yeah uh, yeah and this looks really promising I'm excited to see. Uh, Excited to see it in the quiet place. Love the quiet place films. So the same what, are writers other, what are some other non-Jurassic Park dinosaur movies? I'm I, uh, I honestly the first one I thought of was Velocipaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, 
I just know that from Juju. Juju posted about it years ago, and oh my gosh, Velocipaster! It's it's ter- it's it's literally like a priest or a pastor that be, that is able to turn it up to a velocirap. It, it you want to waste you if you want to lose brain cells, go check it out. I guess it's like but. rubber. It's it's one of those movies that is just so. There we go. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, but rubber rubber was fun. Yeah, rubber was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I'm excited about this. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed all of a lot of, uh, of Adam driver's non star Wars films. Mm. Um, now mind you, my favorite so far has been Logan lucky. I loved him in that film. Um, uh, I thought, I thought he played really well. He made, he made Channing Tatum likable for me. Um, and so, so I was definitely, you know, I, I definitely want to see this, especially just for him. But mind you, like every time I hear him, I just, I think of the SNL skit where he's like the undercover boss. Um, so on the good. Death Star, or on, 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 on like a, a Imperial ship or something, is just fun. Did I ever uh, tell you the story? Um, so we interviewed. I interviewed him uh, years ago when Last Jedi was coming out, and um, so he lives. I think he lives in New York City. I think he was saying, or he has a place in New York City, or, or something like that. But he was saying, like in his building, <laughs> the little kids in his building. He's he's a very normal guy. You know, it's one of those actors, like you know, he's just a normal guy. And and he would go like he's going to you know throw the trash out in the trash chute in a building and the kids would walk by and be like, hi, Kylo Ren. Good morning, Kylo Ren. And he was like, I just walked by like, hey guys. And I like, that's when I think of that like skit. I always think of him like in his building, just walking around before like, hi, Kylo Ren. And he's like, hey guys. <laughs> that's awesome. That's Sorry. awesome. Yeah. Um, but, but in the chat, they did, they did say some, um, so as a popcorn popped out and said, Disney's dinosaur and the land before time were dinosaur films. Of course they were also oh, animated. Yeah um and then oh i don't know why i showed jj's laughing that's fine <laughs> yeah and then um self and wallet keys uh the good dinosaur or dinosaur um so those were and, and again all animated films we really haven't had a good and there's the rip-off sci-fi b-horror movies with the you know all those but those aren't i don't really count as like you know dinosaur horror films. i thought at one point they were going to try to do it like a turok dinosaur hunter um Ooh. like movie but that was a long time ago um which would have been interesting I, honestly i will say um what was the uh what was the um the the tv show that's that stephen lang did it only lasted one season on fox um they went back in time and they oh. were to save resources that was really good. I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the title. Harry and the Hendersons? No, <laughs> no. Land of the Lost? No, not Land of the Lost. Um, so basically, the idea was that Earth was Earth was was depleting. Like, like the, the environment was like, like toxic. People were dying. You couldn't have more than one child, um, or more than two children. I think it was. It was outlawed. And basically, you they the the government had made this time travel device where you went back in time to prehistoric times. Terranova, yes. Um, and they basically were, they were building this, this world. And it was, it was following this one family where the dad was, a, was a police officer and he was kind of like the sheriff of the, of the place. And there were like hidden deep, dark secrets about, you know, everything, but you had dinosaurs in it. It was fun. Um, but it just didn't last. So, but yeah, it was good. Again, like we talked about streaming services, TVs, TV shows have had bad track records with, with being made and then, you know, just never, never going any further and never having a payoff. So, you know, um, but yeah, so let's go ahead and let's let Mickey do his thing. And then we will talk about. 
What's going on, fandoms? It's your friend, Cell Phone Wallet Keys, also known as Mickey, and I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about Star Wars. And to be a little more specific, what I really want to talk about is one of the more anticipated video games of 2023. We're talking about Respawn Entertainment's Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Cameron Monaghan returns to the role of Cal Ketsis five years after the end of the amazing story we know from Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Cal Ketsis and his droid BD-1 are doing their best to survive while still being pursued by the Empire and the Inquisitors after the conclusion of their intense encounter with Darth Vader. This adventure will take us to new worlds like Cabo. We'll meet new and mysterious characters like this one floating in a Bacta tank or this hooded Sith seen battling with Cal and possibly others we know from Star Wars lore. As a matter of fact, Star Wars Jedi Survivor takes place around the same time as the Andor and Obi-Wan Disney Plus series, so we could get hints to possible crossovers in the future. Gameplay looks as good as ever in this 9-minute exclusive from IGN. Cal is easily switching between lightsaber forms as well as force techniques. He can still wall run, but now he can tame wild creatures to ride as a mount, and he even has a grappling hook to add to the mix. One of the more unique additions to gameplay will be Kyle Kestis' blaster. So uncivilized. Not quite the civilized weapon a Jedi would usually utilize, but when you're on the run from the Empire, you gotta add a little scoundrel in the mix. Star Wars Jedi Survivor will release on April 28th, which is a six-week delay from the original March 17th date. Game director Stig Asmussen has stated that the delay is to hit the respawn quality bar and achieve the level of polish our fans deserve. With the scope and scale of a game like this, I think it's really important to get it right. You can't rush greatness, you know what I'm saying? Star Wars Jedi Survivor will only be launching on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series S and X, and PC, meaning previous-gen consoles will not support the game and will be left out. There will be a pre-order cosmetics bonus for the standard edition and two additional cosmetic bonuses for the deluxe edition. Look familiar? I'm going to wrap it up right there. I think the game looks great. The story is going to be amazing and add so much more depth to the Star Wars lore. You guys have a great night. We'll see you in two weeks. I'm going to send it back to Tony and Michael and Phantoms, you're looking beautiful, baby. Good night! So great. It's so great. It's so ridiculous. Good. It's I awesome. I I love I love Vicky. He's he's so he's awesome. So funny. He's the best. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I, exciting game. Um I definitely liked uh, Jedi Survivor or um Fallen Order. What was that? Fallen was Order. That? Yeah, Fallen Order. Fallen Order, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm 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 excited. Um, cool character, and it'd be interesting to see some characters from like the stuff that we know. So I yeah, I'm, that'd I'm be crazy. Cool. Yeah, I think Star Wars has a, a great history of these amazing game stories. <clears throat> so I'm I'm excited to see more about it. You know, we always talk about um, who's who's the one that was Vader's like apprentice? Uh, so cool. Um, oh, um, well, Star Killer. Killer. Yeah, I mean, they have such great, and then and Cameron's another one that's a great actor who's done amazing work. So I think you know, I, I'm glad they're continuing to push this envelope, and um, I'm excited to see what else I have the comments. This is great. So now, now, isn't it true um, that before they landed on the name uh, Skywalker for for Luke mm -hmm. uh, and for Anakin, it was supposed to be called Star Killer? Yeah. So in the, yeah. if there, if you can find like original scripts, it's in there. Um, oh, yeah, it'll say Luke's Star Killer. 
Um, and and by the way, if you want to also know some really cool facts, uh, check out Mickey's uh, recent uh, mm-hmm. "Did You Know" um, about what how R two D two was supposed to be like, um, which was pretty cool. I, I actually jerk. learned. Yeah, yeah, and you could actually you would have known it if you would have he would have actually spoken. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so Donovan, this is where I'm going to kick it off to you. We're now we're not going to do any spoilers. Um, we're, we're going to wait on that. Um, and, and then after we, we talk about your fantastic experience, um, we are going to go ahead and, uh, do our, our new character breakdown for Cassie Lang, um, which, which I'm super excited mm-hmm. to share. And then, um, and then we'll get into, you know, talking about the film and then spoiler territory. But just be aware, if you have not seen the film yet, you will not have to worry. We will give a proper spoiler alert and you will see a ta- uh, an image in the corner. And again, on the podcast, you will hear the spoiler alert. And then after that, you know, just know if you haven't seen it yet, don't listen. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and open this up for you. All right, everybody. Yeah. So that is me at my first wow. ever Marvel movie premiere with a signed helmet it looks like it has almost every single person's signature from the cast um this was a really exciting moment for me to be at the pivotal ant-man and the wasp quantum mania film starting phase five it was very overwhelming and exciting my friend dom who in this next photo um she actually invited me as a guest she gets invited as a cosplay guest so she invited me and i was like absolutely yes i will cosplay i'm new to it but i will come <laughs> as scott lang who works at baskin robbins and i thought i thought i was going to be the only one there but literally there was only one other person there dressed as me and we stood right next to each other it was crazy how it turned <laughs> out but i, I wow. was like wow it's crazy you know but it, it was it was fun it was literally the most memorable and exciting time of my life i feel like it was a dream a fever dream it doesn't even seem real even a week and a half later um and then we met the cast and we started off i don't even know what order the photos are in so right, i'll just go to the next one okay first uh. we met kevin feige listen you guys this is not the robot in she hulk this is the real deal um and this was just so crazy it was so surreal to meet the man the myth the legend and we met some of the other cast um First up from the, oh, this actually isn't from the cast. This is Riri Williams, Dominique Thorne. This mm-hmm. was super cool. I did not expect anybody else from like other movies to be here. And she took my phone from me. I went to go get a photo. She took my phone, took it over to her side, recorded a video. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, that's totally fine. Take all the videos you want. <laughs> like, Do whatever you want with my phone. Just, yeah. And so, yeah, that was super fun. Um, and now I think we start actually getting into the real cast, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no. Well, kind of. This is the director, Peyton Reed. And he, he was actually really fun. He was talking about um, how because I think he did the last. I don't know if he's done all three, um, but I know he definitely did Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, and he was just talking about how doing the films was really exciting and fun. Um, and now we actually start getting into the cast. I'm like nine. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Here's the cast. This is the newest addition who we are going to speak about. Tony said up coming up here. Cassie Lane, Catherine Newton. Um, I had to ask her about her show on Netflix. We were talking about those Netflix shows getting canceled. The Society, probably one of the most well-known ones, was canceled after season one. And she confirmed season two does exist somewhere in the multiverse. So I want to pull a (laughs) Wanda Scarlet Witch, find America Chavez, and have her take me to that universe. Um, (laughs) 
But then the next person that I got to meet was ah. <laughs> this is a returning character. Uh, this is Corey Stoll, aka Darren Cross. He was Yellow Jacket in the first Ant Man, and he comes back as Modok in this one. And he he was honestly so sweet. He was super funny. Um, but he was one of the returning characters in this film that we didn't expect until a few months ago when they released the trailer and we got Modok. But he was probably one of the funniest parts of the film. And then we got ah, oh, this is this one is one of the only people in actually the only of Scott Lang's original friends to come back in this film as a different character. So David Dashmulchin, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Dashmulchin, um, he played Kirk, Kurt, I believe it was in the first two Ant Man. He was one of the three friends that robbed with Scott, um, and then I loved the way he did the whole Bobby Yaga thing in the second one. That was yeah, just so much fun. Yes, exactly. He was, they were just like the comedy of the movies, and and Luis and Dave did not come back in this one, but he came back as this new character Veb, which is a really funny character in the film as well. Um, so it was cool to see him. He was super sweet, and he took time to make sure to talk to everybody and ask you how you were doing. He was honestly probably one of the sweetest, besides uh, Jonathan Majors, who was absolutely amazing. And then oh, next, he, played the, he played the Jelly Guy. Yes, yep, Veb. Oh! Uh, the whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. Favorite character. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a yes. Oh, man. Sorry. Go ahead. That's just... No, you're all good. Just had the realization. No, that's all good. Yeah. And then oh. we met Kane the Conqueror. He winked at me and then he fist bumped me because <laughs> later on, because I was like, Creed 3 is my multiverse of madness. So he had to give me the fist bump of approval. But he was honestly so sweet. He talked to my friend Dom and she talked about how she's an actress. And he's like, I can't wait to be in a movie with you someday. Very sweet, down to earth guy. That's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. And then we met the Wasp, Evangeline Lilly. She was absolutely, she was so sweet and so beautiful. It was crazy to be like in her presence. I've been a fan of her for such a long time. And then finally. Oh my gosh, we got to meet Paul Rudd, Scott Lang himself. I don't know how I composed myself and did not faint right there because I absolutely love Paul Rudd since I was like five years old watching him on Friends. But um, yeah, so this is who we got to meet. I don't think there's anybody else. Yeah, that's that all. That I will, I will tell you it. this. <laughs> I will tell you this. Like my mom has never been a big about watching superhero films and she definitely doesn't like big action. But when we when she knew that Paul Rudd was a part of it, we've seen every Ant Man that's been available for her to watch. So, oh, yeah, she awesome. she likes she likes Paul Rudd and she likes Mark Ruffalo. So, um, yeah, yeah, those are yeah. Those no, are I Paul Rudd. When I met him, I promised my best friend when I if I met him, I would tell him that she loves him. So I was so like in the moment excited. I didn't say my name. I said, "Hey, Paul, my best friend Jesse loves you," and he was just like. Thanks, Jesse. So Paul Rudd knows who my best friend Jesse is and said thank you to her, but he has no idea who I am. So, Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Um, but there will always be more chances. I, th this is definitely not going to be your last red carpet. We, you know, mm -hmm. you, you, you've got a bright future when it comes to doing these things and covering this stuff. So, um, yeah, and, and your I, interviews have always been spot on. So, But I do have a couple of questions. So, like, again, like for those who don't know, because this is – your classic red carpet is usually people walk down, there's media doing interviews. What set the scene for me too? Like, cause this is super cool that you were talking to people. That's, I feel like that's kind of unique to Marvel. I, I star Wars, I think does it too. Star Wars has like really cool 
like installations and stuff like that. Tell me like what that's like, because it's, a, that's it's my a... grandma. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Look at that. Hi, grandma. <laughs> I picked the right one to show. Yeah. yeah. I, I just want to know what it was like. I mean, I really want to know. I want to get like a, a kind of like some of the color from it because it, the setup and and how how like how you were able to talk to people because that's super cool and unique that they sit there and they'll they'll talk to fans and talk to people that are on the carpet and really kind of like engage. That's amazing and unique and such a such a like once in a lifetime experience. No, and, and it really was. So okay, so I've been to three movie premieres. This is my first Marvel one. Um, I went to. One in May, it was a Netflix, actually at the same theater that this one was at. It was super cool. Um, but it was uh, an Adam Sandler one, the Hustle one. Yep. And that one, I just got, went for like one iota. You just stood. You didn't really get to do anything. Weren't you like, I went, was behind like a chain link fence? Or yeah, you were. they had like a basketball set up because it was a basketball movie. So mm -hmm. it was like a basketball cage. But you sat on bleachers. You didn't really get to meet them, anything like that. Um, and then I went to Bros where I walked the carpet. And I mean, that's everybody's dream to walk a carpet at a movie premiere. And that is a little bit more intimidating because then you have to go and up to the stars and ask them for a picture. That's up to you to do that. I actually almost preferred the cosplay pit where I was for Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania or the fan pit at other movie premieres because the stars come up to you. They yeah. take pictures with you. They'll like say hi. They'll sign things. Whereas if you do see them when you walk the carpet, you see them after you're in it in the event. Like I said, you can maybe go and ask them a picture, but not an autograph or anything like that. It's much more, I feel personal and everything when you're actually in the cosplay pit. So yeah, the, how it was set up, it was, we had the main cosplay pit. And then the, when they did the live stream, they had the stage right there. And then after the stars walked in for the cosplay pit, they did their interviews for the live stream. They walked through this tunnel were all they did like their getty images they had photo opportunities they had the interviewers like from different media sources and things like that doing all the interviews we didn't get mm -hmm. to see all of that that happened after you know they came and took their pictures with us and they walked through that um so i honestly i would it really has its advantages and disadvantages like walking versus being in the pit but i preferred the pit honestly yeah a lot of standing and but you got to meet so many people when you when you go and walk it you have to go and do that all yourself and it, it can be a little bit intimidating but when you're in that pit you have no choice but to sit there and talk to people you're standing there mushed together for hours and it was yeah. a really great experience i met so many friends and stuff that i never would have if i walked the carpet instead of was in the pit that's awesome that, that is was very cool that's yeah. very cool yeah no, I like that. I like that they give like this priority to some fans, you know, it's like being the opportunity, you know, I, it, it, this is a, one of those things where if you're a content creator and you wonder, you know, how come I don't get invited to these things or anything else? I will tell you, it's, it has nothing to do with the number of people you, you that have following you has nothing to do with, you know, who, you know, it has more to do with the fact that, you know, you're a content creator in that area. I think in a lot of cases, because, you know, it's like it's like Dom. I'm 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 mutuals with Dom as well on 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 TikTok, and like she's awesome, and I love her cosplays. Um, and it's like she's always getting invited to something, and it's like she's there, and it makes perfect right. sense. And it's like I think a lot of the, a lot of our content creators need to wor stop worrying about being an influencer. Uh, Michael and I were talking about this recently. It's like that that influencer like mindset, and just kind of like enjoy what you do. 
And then, you know, hopefully you get those opportunities. Now, Donovan, you've made a way, you've made a way to get yourself out there. And like, even for like multiverse of madness, you know, you may not have gotten to the carpet, but you got to the El Capitan theater and you were able to go to the things and like, and like you, you, you make a way for that. And and that's awesome. And, and that's really cool. And then there's also where I'm noticing now Disney is doing more things where like, like Juju and Jay Stubes just did like a fan event where they had, you know, and then sometimes celebrities come to those things. Um, but, but, you know, it's, it's nice when you see the fans get some type of, of appreciation, um, from the studio, because I really, it really, it's all about if people love it. And I'm, I'm so, I'm so jealous. I'm especially like, I know you have a giant display case in your room right now, but, um, with all your stuff in it, but I saw, like, it's funny. Like I saw that the helmet, I'm like, can't believe you've got all of them to sign like you have this signed helmet now it's like that's so cool oh my god i know but then i saw the badge and i'm like oh that badge i'm almost more jealous about the badge because that's something that you'd only get if you actually were there and like you have Mm -hmm. that just imagine how many more you're gonna get like it's just it's gonna become a question well i think i mean we were having this debate so when we found out chris evans was was gonna sign at c2e2 and so there was all the pre-orders and we were having this discussion in the in the channel i think you know the 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 details minutiae that you know is is one thing like the badge the this the you know whatever you know I, I said something super cheesy in there but I stand by it like it's about the memories and the experience and like I think that's above all else not to be like Mister Rogers or whatever but like <laughs> the the most tangible thing you can take away from that is like that memory and that experience and you know the the time you had you know with a friend and to dress up and and the you know, you're always going to remember, you know, the, 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 the joke with Paul Rudd or laughing with, you know, getting a wink from, from Jonathan Major. I mean, that's really what it's about. You know, that's, that is literally the peak of being a fan of any of this stuff and getting that experience and engagement. And that's really what it's about. I mean, not to sound super cheese, but that's the truth. No, it really is. That's so cool. That is so cool. All right. So are we ready to get ready to start talking about this movie? We've almost been two hours and we haven't. <laughs> so here's two what we're hours do. here with 20 minutes in the quantum realm, right? Not just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so just want to remind what everybody. Outside, like, my dog's going to be 150 years old. And they're like, wait, <laughs> where are you? What happened? But if you have, but if you have been waiting as long as you have, I have a special reward for you. I want to let you know about our merch store. Uh, please. Oh, be sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I had to. You're like, okay. like Scott Lang with his audiobook. Listen, as I find more fun things to do, I there's going to be little Easter eggs and stuff. Like, don't worry, it's going to get ridiculous. Oh, and by the way, um, yeah, I don't have a sign helmet, but I did get the AMC popcorn bucket. So that is cool. That is it is very cool. cool. You can open up and eat out of Scott's head. Um, you know, so I just that think it's crazy that that one is thirty dollars, and the hammer that is smaller and doesn't light up was 50 but the hammer is better made i will say that like this is the lowest quality of all of them um mm. even the acrylic like multiverse of madness one is mm. made Are you better talking than about this. this hammer wait that that one the one yes that's on. yeah oh that one's made terrible the handle i can't even get it in there i guess different ones are made differently that one the one that i have is like i can't even move it it falls apart you're not worthy <laughs> yeah. now with with the helmet that you have that they the bucket is that the end game helmet or is that the because that looks like the end game helmet no it does look a little bit lighter you know the like light? yeah the... well like 
Yeah, it does. I I don't know. I I I think I think this is I think this is the the one they had for Quantumania, but it it has to be because it says it on the bottom there. Oh yeah, I mean it's super cool. I'm just I was just like I was surprised. Yeah, but just just word for the wise, if anybody buys these and you see like a little dark mark, don't do anything to it because literally this paint will just come off if you scratch it and that's all it is is like there's a mark there. It like they're again like I said, poor quality, like they're terribly made, but it's still cool to have and I'm still going to appreciate it. And it's you know, I, I would say I was I was talking to Will Wilkins, um, whom I will be on his podcast um, talking. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on my court. <laughs> All right. There we go. Um, I'll be on his podcast on Sunday talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp as well, um, which if you want to if you want to check that out, you know, you can always uh, check that out here at NetHeads. Um, but uh, we were talking about ranking and stuff, and I would have to say um, the Where love and thunder. Or would you so, rank it in phase five? Yeah, it's 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 number one. But like of the of the popcorn buckets that have been made available, um Love and Thunder's my favorite. Um then it goes Wakanda Forever. Then it goes um the Ant-Man helmet and then um Multiverse of Madness. What was the Wakanda Forever one? For AMC? Um, hold on, I'll show you. Donovan sounded so sad. I know, it's like I have what the Doctor Strange. I have the Thor. I... That's so oh, that is cool. cool. Yeah, and then, cool. Oh, I have cool. two Wakanda Forever ones, but they're just the same ones. I still, I mean, if I can more. wait, if I can spin this, I still like above the Batman uh, cape and cowl. Uh, oh, that one was there. so cool. That's one of the cooler ones that they, and that's not a not a marble one, but that is a uh, a pretty darn cool pop, popcorn bucket. Very cool, very cool. Now, um, for those of you who, um, let's say you're going to get ready to watch Ant Man the Wasp, or you you did watch it, but you don't understand the relevance of Cassie Lang being a hero in the MCU, maybe you're not necessarily completely familiar. Um, we had some of our amazing uh, creators put together. Um, a video about Cassie Lang and her heroism through the comics. Um, and so a, sh a huge shout out to Caption Life, uh, Paperweight Entertainment, and Cell Phone Wallet Keys um, for this breakdown. And um, please enjoy while we get ready to talk about um, about Man and the Wasp. Cassie Lang. In a world in which Wanda Maximoff's mind is broken, the Avengers disassembled, and Scott Lang is dead. Ant-Man's daughter, Cassie Lang, would become a hero. In the wake of the Avengers disbanding, a young Nate Richards traveled to the past, seeking to stop his destiny of becoming Kang the Conqueror. Using a fail-safe protocol in the Vision's operating systems, Nate Richards, now known as Iron Lad, formed his own team of young heroes. A team including Patriot, Hulkling, Wiccan, and Kate Bishop Hawkeye. While at the Avengers Mansion to retrieve her father's gear, Cassie met these young Avengers and asked to join the team. When Iron Lad refused, Cassie became furious and to her surprise grew to giant size. Cassie would confess that she had been stealing Pym particles from her father for years, thinking they had no effect on her. With this newfound power, she joined the team as Stature. But 
Unfortunately, Cassie would soon meet her end at the hands of Doctor Doom. Eventually, a more noble Doctor Doom, looking to redeem past mistakes, resurrects Cassie. Now alive and with Pym particles coursing through her blood, she would again become a target. After being kidnapped by Crossfire, Cassie would be forced to undergo a heart transplant in hopes of reviving Darren Cross. This left Cassie confused, disabled, and without powers. In her now weakened state, Cassie would make a deal with the new power broker, regain her powers, and become known as the shrinking hero, Stinger. Whether she's fighting crime as the giant-sized stature or the pint-sized stinger, Cassie Lang is a powerhouse addition to any superhero team. I love those so much. Yeah, it was too yeah. cool. Especially if you're like, if you're a fan and you don't have like any background regarding, you know, some of these characters, it's a lot, it's, it's just nice to get those breakdowns. And, and, and as we build a bigger catalog, it's just gonna be great to have like a resource for people. Man, so. Cassie's been through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Cassie's been through a lot. That's all I'm gonna say. Hard transplant, all that stuff. I mean, sheesh. Um, yeah. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to start talking. Um, we're going to talk about our initial reactions uh, vaguely for the next five minutes and then once we do that, we're going to put out the spoiler warning. And at that point, you have been warned. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. Donovan, what was your initial reaction? Like, what was your your thoughts about uh, Edmund and the Lost Quantum Mania? Um, that it was crazy. Like, it was the most visually stunning MCU film yet. We explored so many new places that it's almost like Star Wars-y type vibes that you get. Um but it was visually amazing. It was a fun ride. I didn't go into it thinking or ex not expecting too much, but I didn't have so many theories because I've learned that theories become expectations and you're disappointed when they're not met. Mm -hmm. So um, it was just fun. It was it wasn't like, you know, a top 10 MCU film, but it was definitely something that I enjoyed and I've watched again and I will probably watch again and again. I love the Ant-Man films. So, yeah, Michael. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're on the same page on that one. I think I'm looking at the Rotten Tomato scores, which always are fun, fun and funny. <laughs> um, they're literally mirrors of each other. I think the, the critics are at 48, the critics and the audience is 84. I'd give it somewhere in the middle. I think it's like a seven out of 10. It's just, it was a fun movie. It did feel a little bit like they stole from some from Star Wars, like some mm -hmm. of the scenes like felt a hundred percent, but, um, Jonathan Majors, He's awesome. I mean, I cannot wait to see what they do with 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 him and his character. Uh, the story is a little I'm getting texts right now from my wife. The story is a little convoluted, but I, I also think like, look, like anytime you talk about time travel, it is a mind F like it. it, it I, I that's the, I've thought about it since seeing it yesterday and I'm going to see it again and try to like, you know, digest it some more. But we'll get it when we get into spoilers we'll get into it further but i think that also plays into the the storyline and the potential like limitations with that with time travel right um especially with what we know uh from previous you know shows like loki so it's it's interesting but i think overall it's pretty it was was a solid movie a fun movie um anyone who says like oh this is the worst movie ever blah blah, blah like they're again 
hyperbole galore, but uh, <laughs> very solid movie, very fun. Uh, yeah, I, I can't think of like major things that that were bad. Uh, standout, definitely now Zeb, 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 whatever. Uh, one of the highlights, knowing who played him. Fantastic. <laughs> that was, that was amazing. Okay. So I honestly, I, I figured out like the critic score has to be people that are either not as established in comic book movies or superhero films. Like this was a, this was a good balance in a lot of ways. It's definitely an Ant-Man film. So there's a lot of the humor. Um, the, the character development, I think, speaks to something else like people will com complain about character development i think the way they approached like the character development in this film is indicate like it, it it answered a question for me about the previous phase four and then going into phase five of where we're going to find our heroes and i'll explain that more in the spoiler mm. portion of this but it made perfect sense to me um and then at the same time like, I get it. It's not a perfect film. I think no film is perfect. I, I tried to go into it a little bit more like responsible because like I was enamored with love and thunder after watching love and thunder. And then mm -hmm. after letting it sit for a while, I was like, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that, you know, could have been much better or that I had a, I had a problem with. Um, I think as it ages, it'll, it'll probably be better because it'll make more sense in the intertwining story. Um, but I just loved the, the adventure we went on with the characters and this film really shouldn't have been Ant-Man and the Wasp. This was definitely King the Conqueror mm -hmm. because that was the whole purpose of this film was really to get us the first cinematic encounter with the Kang. And, and, and I think it did it well. Jonathan Majors is by far probably one of the, the most dynamic actors in this film. And I think it's for good reason. And I think they could have, they, they couldn't have chose a better character for the next big bad or bads, however this is going to yeah. be. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I, I wanted to wait until now. I did a spoiler-free review yesterday on TikTok. I, I wanted to wait till now to figure out if there was anything that really kind of like edged on after watching it like 24 hours ago. And then, um, yeah, I'm still I'm still enjoying it. I, I literally laid in bed and I was thinking through. There was a lot of suggestions and, and a lot of things. So pay attention and... For those of you who are still going to go watch it, there are two end credit scenes. Mm -hmm. um, and, and those are those are some of the best ones we've had in years. I mean, that's another thing too, like game changing end credit scenes. So, and know. we're going to talk about those in a minute. Yeah. Um, but with that said, we're going to go ahead and give your the warning. So we we do appreciate you being here. If you're not going to stay on, but um, uh, I'm sorry for what's about to happen. I don't know if that was as loud for you as it was for me, but it was pretty loud. Um, but yes, you'll see we have our spoiler alert on. Anything we say cannot be used or held against us. We tried to warn you. Um, those of you who are listening to this audio-wise, if you did not get scared out of your crap and crash your car, that's a good thing. And I am sorry if we spoil anything for you if you continue to watch uh or listen so you have been warned I, i'm so excited robert downey jr's back i'm so pumped <laughs> oh you were you gonna go there and chris evans oh my word now <laughs> yeah it's so nice. <laughs> um okay so where do we want to start we want to start from the beginning or the end because honestly in time it doesn't matter and we know that we know that from this movie 
My, so my, all right. So my number one thing I want to start at, and we've talked about this, right? And so I think this is the holistic look at Kang and what might happen over and over and over and over and over again. So again, I said before, it's a mind F, like especially especially the 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 theme behind time travel when it comes to is your destiny already plotted out. So going back and changing things, are you just going to do the same thing over and over again? Like, is it already set? Are you like, does your future happen because you go back in time or change time or affect time? And like, that's the thing that like I'm trying to wrap my head around. So if you look at like he who remains, right, his story was that he wiped out all the other timelines to save the timeline. So like he made himself out to be kind of the anti-hero. There's the gambit. Like, so, but now when you think about this and you see this movie and what I surmise and I'm going to theorize from this is, you know, Paul Rudd's Ant-Man, Scott Lang at the end of the movie really kind of hammers it home where he's like, did I do the right thing? Because Kang kept saying like, what's coming is far worse. And you don't really know who the, the good or bad. There's no really good or bad kinks ever Iron Lad, but like you're trying to figure out like what's going on. Are we just going to see the same thing over and over again where each Kang will be knocked off maybe in movies and series and they're all going to see the same thing? Like I was trying to kill the other universes to save my universe and to save the multiverse and incursions and this and that. I kind of think so. And that's different and new and unique. But it's also like, again, there's limitations, right? Because it's the same cycle. And so that's the thing that it's super unique and new. But mm -hmm. I do feel like we're going to see that over and over and over again. I don't no because the council of the kangs is so different and and crazy but that's the the one thing that stuck out to me where i i sat there and i was like wait this guy's the same as he who remains it wasn't like oh my variants are a lot worse like i think he's got he he had the same gray area of like i'm doing what i need to do to save existence and i was like oh okay and so that's the thing that really kind of like wrapped my head around this whole like you know path forward I'm done. I'm trying to keep quiet because if I if I start talking, I might not stop. So no, go. I'm, I'm done. Go, go, go. What are you thinking? I mean, no, I I, I think it is. I, I didn't think of it that way, but I can definitely see like, yeah, we could get like a regurgitated story of each version of Kane, essentially, you know. But also with the Council of Kane, or not the Council. Oh, we're in spoiler. Yeah, we're in spoiler territory. Yeah, yeah. you're saying. Um, <clears throat> can we do the audio again. <laughs> um. <laughs> With the second post credit scene with Loki, like that, I don't know who that variant of Victor Timely. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. You just okay, go okay, okay, you, okay. Yeah, first of all, first of all, let's 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 talk about the elephant in the room. We got we got we got Scarlet Centurion, Immortus, and Ramatut in the same room together. And then, did you also see the scroll? Um, yeah, the scroll. There was, a, there was a scroll Kang in the in, in the, in the oh, council. Yeah, yes, 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 so yes, you yes. you have all of the you have all of these Kang. Okay, so here's the idea. Um, the way the way uh, Kang the Conqueror, we're just gonna advise that he's that. Um, he the the way he warned is that a lot of them love to play their games, and in doing that, they cause incursions, destroying universes, and so Kang. There, there, there are there are going to be some kings who want to cause a multiversal war in order to to clip all of the timelines to prevent all of the others from existing, so that they can be the one king to rule all timelines. So they take all these branches and then they make them into this one 
coincide time like that that it's not i i want to say it's even like the time the the tva because there were so many people in the tva and a lot of them are just pulled from different universes that you literally probably have jurisdictions for different timelines because they may not all run the same way as the mcu's like let's say 616 universe but there are specific things that happen in those timelines that will that if they're they're clipped um hold on we're we are having a connection issue Hopefully that is not permanent. We should be fine. Um, but the, um, so I, I completely lost my train of thought there for a second. You were um, saying the, the paralleling. So, so the right. TVAs, they deal with different storylines. So a universe can have a different thing. They don't all have to have, you know, Thanos being snapped at the Avengers compound in upstate New York. It doesn't always have to mean that Iron Man dies. It doesn't always have to mean that this happens. Um, there are, are variants, but as long as certain parameters are met, that doesn't create a Kang you know, the TVA was probably in charge of that. You, you've got all these Kings. Some of them are going to play. Some of them are going to keep in charge. Um, obviously the, the King, the conqueror may have been an earlier version of he who remains who after conquering all the timeline, mm-hmm. winning the multiversal war, he, he then got weary and tired of it. And then what he was saying was the worst Kings are the Kings that are going to play and mess around everything. Um, but what's interesting is like Victor timely, um, who we saw with Loki and 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 and, and Mobius, uh, Victor Timely was the one that went back to like the early 1900s. He had all the future technology. He he basically founds a city in Wisconsin called Timely, Wisconsin, and he becomes the mayor. And he uses all of his future technology to advance him to be like in prominence. And in, in, he basically sets the seeds for time travel in the future in the past so that he can do what he's doing. And so it's like, it's, it's like this wonky thing, but like he could literally be the, 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 the most, like the worst of all, because he's starting all of this with the gangs. He also essentially created the Marvel universe. So we all know timely comics was the predecessor to Marvel comics, but in the comics, Victor timely, uh, inspired i'm forgetting the name of the of the the doctor who invented the first human torch now if you know marvel comics one it's the human torch walking through the metal door it's an android it's a weird story from 1940 or whatever but victor timely is the one that inspired that so in the comics in like the storyline of the comic victor timely has has basically started the marvel universe because if you go in the timeline the Human Torch is the first character, um, and so he. I'm gonna look at the Doctor who who actually made it, but yeah, I mean that's that's really interesting too. And again, it's also again a mind f. Like you're like, it's just so like thinking about it, it's crazy. But yeah, Victor Timely is a super interesting character, um, and so yeah, that's why that's why I think what happens is we we have this idea that we're we're thinking that all of these kings are gonna try to clip out the timelines of all of the other ones. But it could be much worse than what we're thinking because they laid it out so early on that we're automatically going to assume all of the Kangs want to conquer all of the other Kangs. And what we don't realize is this multiversal war, if this leads into Seeker Wars, it could mean that all of the universes are destroyed by the end of Kang Dynasty mm-hmm. and going into Seeker Wars. So it could be very similar to like the major incursion uh, event in the comics in like 2015 when like the ultimate universe and the 616 yeah. universe were colliding together 
And so what Doom did was he took the power of what was it? Um, it was God. Molecule it was man. a Beyonder, a Molecule Man or whatever. It Daniel took Manning. The, yeah, it took all it took all the power, and he took all the um, um the uh, omnipotence, um, and then I think it was like the omniscience and everything else, like the other uh, Molecule Man or whatever. And so, like he created this world for himself and picked and chose what mm-hmm. characters from what existed. And what was really funny was. When he did that, none of the worlds that he created, Reed Richards never existed, like in any of them. Yeah, it was only because one that survived in like this art, this multiversal arc, um, that came in because he didn't want Reed Richards to exist, um, which shows you how petty Doctor Doom is. Yeah, but but it, I mean, but honestly, well, he was like, with Sue Storm in it too. Like they were like together and had like yeah, like every iteration. And... Yeah, and like yeah, it was yeah. it was great. Yeah, and so like. We don't know how bad this could be, but honestly, I really feel like there's a lot of story to tell, but I really feel like we're kind of getting getting to the end of this iteration of the MCU. I think they're leading us to that. Um, incursions keep getting mentioned. Yeah. And and like when you watch, like, because literally that that Council of the Kangs meeting is the exact place that Sylvie kills um, He Who Remains. Uh, I didn't notice that. That's amazing. Because if you go back to Loki, I believe when you look, there's literally statues of the council, the main council of Kangs. Mm-hmm. And there was one who was, the statue was broken. That is the exiled Kang from Quantumania. Which yeah. also, which also means like, this is where, like where, where, when I he gotta says, re-watch. I gotta rewatch Loki. Cause now. you know, like everybody's been saying, Oh, it's like this linear time and everything else. It's all a big circle. Kang's like, you have no idea what time travel is or what any of this is. And and literally, like we think of this Mobius strip that that um, um, that Iron Man showed for for time travel that only worked for that one time, like it won't work again. And and so like you like when you go into this, it's like it's 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 so crazy because we know why the butterfly effect doesn't happen because the TVA was clipping it. Well, what happens when the TVA doesn't keep the same purpose as Mm -hmm. as he who remains? And we know this. And you could see Loki in that and that last end credit scene is trying to convince Mobius that Victor Timely is a threat. Yeah. And what? like, it's crazy. What 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 were they? T- what do you guys think they were talking about? Speaking of like trying to figure out what the Council of Kangs is up to. When they, the, the, the line that they said when they were talking about the fact that Kang, the Conqueror, had been killed, allegedly. Um, and they said if they start messing with the multiverse, they'll ruin everything. What is that? Like, are we going to find out that like all the Kangs were puppeteering their respective universes or like what, like what do they mean by that is my question. Like what, what is, what's there to ruin and what, what does that mean? Any takers? I don't know. Yeah. They did say that they're touching the multiverse and that, everything will be ruined if they get to it. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not into con. I didn't read that comic, so I'm not really sure as far as. So I think the comics give us seeds, but I don't think we're holding yeah. to them. No. So just because but I, I really feel like the MCU has given us enough breadcrumbs to look just at the comics because or just look at the, the movies because I think the comics. So here's where I was going to go back to. A lot of people complain that there wasn't a lot of character development in Ant-Man and the Wasp. 
if you think about it, they're all like happy. They go with the thing. There's this hidden thing with Janet. We don't really know what was going on until she finally explains it. Um, you know, Hank is completely fine with, you know, she was lonely and like figuring things out and like she was gone and he was, I have needs Hank. I, I, but I will say I did love the whole thing where he's like, there was this woman, Linda, and she's like, it, it just didn't work. And she's like, how come? And he's like, she wasn't you. I thought that was really sweet. Um, and then like you have this, uh, all of this stuff happens and then they just go back to doing everything that they do and in, 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 um, Scott's doing his thing. I think there is, if you go back, let's, let's go back to not so much Shang-Chi because that was really an origin story. We really didn't get a whole lot when it comes to like existing characters, except for the end. Um, I think we're still not off. I think that I think that the rings are probably something that Kang left behind, but not the Kang that we were looking at in Quantumania. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that the the Kamala Khan's uh, her her bracelet is the same thing mm-hmm. um, because it took her back in time to af- to affect the past. Um, so I think that's that's a thing as well. Um, we also understand that that the quantum realm is its own universe, so it's a it's an interdimensional type place that's away from the time or, or, or from time. Um, so, Eternals, um, Multiverse of Madness, and Quantum Mania specifically have dealt with the characters thinking that they knew what they were doing, and in doing so, they affected something outside mm. that then brought something something back. The Eternals brought Aresham to judge the Earth. Um, Multiverse of Madness, we see Clea who says that you're causing an incursion and you need to come help. Um, you have um, Ammon the Wasp who has now made Earth aware of Earth 616 in the MCU. And so, and then even Love and Thunder, Love and Thunder brought the God's wrath upon him because of what he did to Zeus at, um, at the... Um, um, at the meeting. And so the, the earth who thinks that they're, they're big and bad. They beat Thanos, the biggest threat of the universe do not understand that they're messing with other universes who have bigger batters that are, yeah, are, 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 are the only reason why they were safe is just like what Thor thought, uh, what Thor said in Avengers is they've made the, they've made it known that they're ready for a, a, a more evolved form of war. And so just like the Earth brought on Thanos and other villains to come to Earth, like the Chitari, you now have them bringing celestials and multiversal villains and incursions in, in play. And so they were almost callous. Like superheroes are celebrities. Um, there's merchandise. There's there's all of these things. You Infinity Cells. Yeah, like there's all of these things. They do not understand what they're what they're bringing. They're they're bringing attention on themselves, and that's what's gonna like it's it's a domino effect. And so it's not like it's not just that there's one big bad. There's so many that we're gonna have to deal mm-hmm. with. Like it's gonna just it's gonna come to a head, and that's where it all connects right now. It's like yeah, they're they're not gonna get a break. It's gonna be one big. It's gonna be one world ending event after another, and it's 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 the callousness of them thinking that they've made it. Oh, we beat Thanos. We're celebrities. You know, I'm getting free coffee and all this other stuff, but not realizing they've just made it a whole lot worse. Yeah. I think I also think that like much like there's going to be a lot of, you, you mentioned it too, a lot of regret, like having to make a decision and thinking they made the right decision. 
And I think that's the thing that I think, I guess, is is enduring and exhausting at the same time. And we think about Spider-Man and his decisions in No Way Home and how that ended up. You think about, you know, Sylvie and her decision to kill He Who Remains and was that the right ones that night and, and that fallout, like, like you said, it's basically the definition of fallout. Like at the end, you know, multiverse of mass is the same thing. And then at the end of this movie, we have Scott Lang literally have like almost like a, 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 a uh, what's like, it like, like, like internal crisis yeah, yeah yeah then wait did, wait wait king said a, other to me a lot worse like did i do the right thing that I, I did and he starts seeing people walking around that are like like clueless to anything and he's like did i just condemn everyone to death probably um and so again it's it's i think the phase five the theme of phase five is going to be really going to be I don't want to say the lesser of two evils, but like, what is the right choice? And also at the same time, is the choice you're making already destined? Do you, do you think you have control and you really don't? And it's just going to happen no matter what or make it worse? Or mm -hmm. so I think that's going to be the thing. Like, it's just like these decisions. And like you said, that the repercussions of them, but it's also just such like a, it really just messes with your mind because it's like, well, then what do you do? Do you just like paralyze and don't do anything? Do you not fight Kang? Do you just say, all right, go ahead? Do you not, do you just walk away from here, Mains? Like, all right, continue the TVA. Do you, if you're Spider-Man, you know, like, what do you, you know, you let Doctor Strange just kill all the villains and be like, all right, send them back and kill them. Like, that's the thing. I mean, that's the question. So, I mean, it's, it really is, it is parallel to a lot of the things we're dealing with today is like, you know, do you stand, stand up for stuff? Do you do this? Do that? Do you keep quiet? Like, and I, it's just, it, it's, it really is, it makes you think, and it's going to be a really, really, rough ride i think because i think we're gonna have this over and over again where it's like it's not gonna be as simple as the chitari beating them and moving on and being like all right we go back and the bifrost you know i feel like there's no to your point it's almost like a choose your own adventure of like madness like it's just we'd go this way it's the wrong turn we go this way it's the wrong turn we go this way it's the wrong turn that's a little exhausting but also it's going to be interesting to to explore um so yeah no, I think that's the thing. Like, um, there is a lot of spectacle in this film, but there's this underlying dreaded. Like, I mean, we saw what what this Kang was capable of doing to the quantum realm, and all of those Kangs have the ability to do whatever they want to do, mm. and like, oh, His you're an Avenger. Have I killed you? Have I killed you before? Mm. And then he's just nonchalantly like talking about, like, "Are you th are you the one with the hammer?" Yeah. Like, like this guy's killed Thor. Like he's like, like that's what he's insinuating. It's yeah. oh my goodness. Well, he's killed them all. I mean, again, like he. So a lot of people were saying that, you know, we know what he was looking for now, which was essentially the energy, the 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 battery to his time chair, right? And so, but a lot of people are saying that like he's been through so much that I mean, it's such an interesting character to play. You know, when, when Jonathan majors was doing, he remains, he was like, I'm tired. Like, you know, it, it's almost like a vampire when you've lived like, like 400 lifetimes or whatever it is, you know, I think he had missed minutes and they were saying like, they were wondering if that's what, I mean, that'd be too funny and kitschy, but like, how does he keep it all together? Because eventually, you know, look like life is too short 
for us. Um, but for Kang, like the reason that Kang is so interesting in the comics and we, you know, we can get into this a little bit and not too much, but we talked about, we have the conqueror. We talked about Victor timely. And if you go in chronological order of Marvel, Victor timely is like second or third. I think after we have Rama Tut, which is the first iteration essentially mm-hmm. of him. And then we have, you know, he loses to the fantastic four as, or no, he loses to Avengers as Kang. Then he goes back in time as Victor timely. He keeps evolving and changing. And then we have, you know, characters like we saw Immortus, who is kind of like he who remains like he's he's loyal to the the keeping the timeline what it is. And then you have Iron Lad. And I think there's a lot of rumors that that Scarlet Centurion could be Iron Lad. We are going to have we we're definitely having a young Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, we just saw the video that that they all, you know, Mickey and 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 Sean and, and Derek made. And that it's amazing. That explains the young Avengers. And so I wonder if he's going to be the one that defect goes back and is like, we're going too far and becomes like the anti-hero or the hero that Iron Lad is. So. And that's tragic though, because Iron Lad had to go back and had to be evil. Like he had, he, he couldn't escape it because it was going to kill like trillions. Like he had to do it. So. Yeah. It's a lot to take in. (laughs) It's a, and it's just. Okay. Yeah, it's all great. So, so I, what I think we should do is we should probably put a pin in this because like this is a longer discussion. So let's go ahead and let's 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 touch on some of the lighter stuff because let's let's just like let's just like gush about Zeb oh, and Modoc. Yes. Oh, my I goodness. That big brain weird. Uh, can I say it? Uh, that that he's not a dick. He's not a dick. <laughs> yeah, that was the whole thing. It was which was funny. Like I like I. OK. This was a good mix of Modoc. Like I thought it was like it reminded me of the Patton Oswald from the Hulu yeah. series. Like it's the funny part of it, which I liked. And it's like it's like Modoc isn't all Modoc, like when we did the when we did the character breakdown, it made him seem very serious. But he's a very much of a comical character. Yeah. You know, there's even there's even somewhere in the multiverse where Modoc is Donald Trump. <laughs> um and um it's which is hilarious, but it's you know, it's it's I loved how they did the whole thing where like they're pulling him out. Like, like you see like Kang fixing him and like you puts him in the soup and you get that, you get that Modoc butt and stuff. It just was just funny. Like it was just so awkward. It's and that like awkward humor was hilarious. Vader. It's like a funny version of Darth Vader. Like I really yeah. think they did take license with a lot of star Wars stuff. You know, like the, 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 the whole cantina scene is, is right out of star Wars. And so it really was like a goofy version. Like when Vader's getting made in, in revenge of the Sith and they're putting the mask on it, it's not like Modoc, but it's like a little baby with like baby feet. And you know, it's fun. <laughs> and, and, and Scott Lang talking to Darren, like, like I, I'm not Darren, I'm Modoc. And he's like, I'm a, a <laughs> he's like, Oh, it's when he, was in, the, it's when he was in the probability thing. He was like, Darren, Darren. He was like, Modoc. Yeah, it was so funny. Well, the best the, the best line was the end when he's like, "At least I get to die in Avenger." And like, that <laughs> yeah. was, that's and they all look at each other. He's yeah. taking his hand. He's just touching Scott's face. Yeah. You were a brother to me. I was. I was. But uh, like, okay, when Zeb, when Zeb was getting shot, okay. I wasn't scared because I was so hoping he's going, I now have holes. Yeah. <laughs> and when he did it, I was like, yes. 
It's so funny. He's like, do you need more fluid? Do it. Did it work? Did, I, could, I could put more of me into you. It's just uh, so awkward. That, that brings me to one of my complaints that I had about the film is that we were introduced to so many people in so many places and we barely got any. I mean, we got the little bit of, you know, Janet backstory, but I would like a whole film of her in the quantum realm during her time. Like there was so much that we're probably, you know, those freedom fighters we'll probably never see them again you know that mm-hmm. we'll never see a whole guy again and the pixar lamp got decimated so you know it's just like all these characters that we will probably <laughs> no, i can't never... unsee that that's <laughs> that's as soon as i saw that character i was like that looks like a pixar lamp um but, but no like it, it's just i don't know all the other films like you know we, we have the guardians in space but we visit those places you know for the most part again and i just feel like we're probably never going to see these characters again which is kind of sad well i think there is a there is a possibility i think i mean we 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 didn't even touch on chronopolis you know we didn't touch on a lot of things that are quantum realm related um i i really think especially since they were able to so easily make a portal right like, i think there's going to be opportunities to go into the quantum realm because i think in a sense, the quantum realm is going to be a key to to maybe fighting the Kangs, um, at least possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes which makes me think that what they were what they were meeting about is not necessarily just because they killed Kang the Conqueror, but imagine they now know Kang's technology, right? And they they kind of know how to stop him and what it can do and where they can they can hurt him. And so for all of them, it's kind of like a we we need to deal with this before they decide to try to rectify everything around it. And, and so it's, I mean, it's, it's very likely we'll see more. I really hope we do because this was, this was fun. Like this, this gave me the excitement of world building that star Wars does. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it. And like, even just the characters, like you had these, you had these autonomous, like, you know, um, stormtroopers basically. And, and like, but then there was this level of humor and like the guy who could read minds. Like I just oh, I, I, I stop I thinking that stop thinking that I'm trying you're not really trying like like it was just great yeah yeah <laughs> I'm trying to add to it I'm just like I yeah it's just a lot it's a lot it is a lot to take in um yeah it's a lot to take in it's just there's a lot. the time like for Scott in Endgame it was five years real time but it was what 10 hours or five d however long for him for janet it was literally 30 years irl and in the quantum realm for her for them in this film it was you know what a couple days and and we don't know how long it was essentially when they got out but you know the time is so weird as far Mm. as how it works in the quantum realm. yeah it's like those time vortexes they were mentioning before Mm -hmm. it's like there's like different settings and i think that's the thing like when she, when Janet sent Scott at the end of Amman the Wasp, she only sent him far enough into the quantum realm where he wouldn't encounter all the other beings. Right. Because she wouldn't want him to get him anywhere near Kang. Mm-hmm. But then, and then, then that's where the temporal issues happen. But when you finally get into, it's almost like the time kind of works the same way, except okay. it doesn't exist. Because that's the right. thing, like, this is where people are getting bothered by it. It's like, okay, so if if the sacred timeline was broken at Loki, and we don't know, I mean, we know that it's like the end of time that they were at when they killed He Who Remains, 
And it's like there was a secret timeline up until at least Endgame. Then how was Janet with a exiled Kang for 30 years when the timeline was still intact? And it's like you have to stop and realize time doesn't exist that way. Like we only think of time a certain way and they don't. We're getting we're getting deep again. Like, oh, my word. Yeah, it's very this now. And this is specifically why I think critics critics rated it low. Because there's a lot of stuff that will break down and will ask questions. They're looking at it as a factor of I'm watching this film. I'm only watching this film. I'm not I'm not building it based off of other stuff. And I guess for them, it would be disappointing. Like, I, I feel bad for people who walk into these films not knowing the backstory. And I, I feel like phase four is done a good job kind of setting up a, gr- a, a groundwork. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to watch 10 years worth. But, you know, I, I do understand where a person coming in is going to have a hard time with these films, i.e. the well, critics. Well, I also think they're trying, you know, they're, they're trying something different, right? I mean, because you have to really ask yourself, like. I said there's a meme going around. And I don't know if it's true or not. I don't I, I highly doubt Kevin Foggy's. No, I'm not not not. There's no doubt. I know he hasn't said anything about this, but they were saying like after Kang, there's like a certain phase and then the final one is going to be cosmic and then we're done. Oh, yeah, yeah. Black I saw the black everything yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, again, I but you do wonder like when look, there's a reason why the word reboot exists, right? Like. Mm-hmm you know why people leave franchises and why you know things can't carry on because eventually it becomes you know and why 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 does marvel evolve and why are the, why is there a new spider-man and why is captain america become sam wilson and why is you know i mean modern comics excuse me we've been doing this for i think our show's been going on for nine hours but um <laughs> modern comics there's so many i mean i haven't even, it's so hard to jump in because there's so many different new variables and new characters and everything like that like but that's what has to happen right so with movies um you know you you start to wonder how much further can we and i think that's what marvel's doing with like shows and we're, we're everything's experimenting and again i've said this before like i think as we move forward not everyone's gonna love everything it's not gonna be like phase one where it was like very linear we're moving forward and so I think, you know, look, you have to go into there and it's not going to be a critics movie. Um, and, and historically superhero movies aren't, you know, so I think, I, I think you mentioned seeing it twice. I think Donovan's seen it twice. You mentioned like letting it digest and, and that, that that's the, the, I think that's the proof of a movie. I think no way home gets better as you see it. There's so many things oh, in there. Yes. Multiverse of madness. I don't think really aged well in, in my head. Like, as I saw it again, I started laughing. I was like the, you know, whatever zombie strange. I think um, I got to see this again, got to digest it again, think about things. And it it does kind of, I'm going to kind of contradict myself, but it does kind of take you back to phase one in the sense that it opens like more questions than anything else. It's like, it feels, it feels very much like the beginning of something. And you're like, now what happens now? Um, and yeah. so that's, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's in the middle for me there. And it's, it's, it was an enjoyable movie. Like to what Donovan said when he first started, it's not a top ten movie by any means, um, but it's it's going to open. It starts a lot of things off, and you're like, okay, now what happens next? Um, you know, yeah, that, that's the thing. I think that that's where it's great. I, I always think that these films do well because they give a cliffhanger of, I want to know what happens next. I want to know what's going to happen, and it's even back to the point where you go back and appreciate something because like you just mentioned Multiverse of Madness. You know, I watched No Way Home the other night because I was getting some videos ready for for next week and 
I was, it was the scene where Peter first discovers that these characters die in the story. And he's like, we can't do this. And he goes in the grand scale of the multiverse, this, you know, and he, it's the exact same the stance that the crusader strange says before he first tries to kill America Chavez. Mm. And you realize like at that point, I, I, I immediately appreciated multiverse of madness more because I realized if, 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 if it would not have happened where Spider-Man broke the multiverse, America Chavez would have been killed. Um, or Wanda would have won because it it took him learning that lesson with Peter that there mm, is yeah. other options yeah. for that. And I'm like, okay, dang, I I appreciate Multiverse of Madness more. Like, I need to go back and watch it again because you realize, even though he doesn't know who Peter is, he remembers Spider Man and he remembers what happened, just not knowing who Peter is. So, and, and they even mentioned it in Multiverse of Madness about what happened with Spider Man, and it was only because of the instances of what happened in, in No Way Home that Strange learned a lesson that he was different from the rest of the Stranges. And it's like that, that's what get, I, I just gave myself chills. It's like, that's what I love about these movies. Mm-hmm. And that's what gets lost in translation when you have an objective criticism um, for something, because typically sequels do not do well with critics as much. Um, it's very rare that a sequel surpasses the press predecessor. I, I think they've done it a number of times. I think there's a couple movies that have definitely done that. Godfather. But yeah. You, sure. You can believe that. And then Dark, uh, Dark Knight. Oh, absolutely. Like, and then, the, then, then, then Dark Knight Rises just kind of completely ruined it. Dumb and dumber. And that's no, the show. That loses <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't watched that one yet. So, but like, I think that's the thing. Like, we have to understand everyone wants to defend the film. Everyone wants to be excited and we need to kind of wrap this up because we're almost at three hours. This is almost at end game level. Um, <laughs> but, and I promise you guys, this will never be, we will never have another fandoms episode this long. I will learn how to shut up and we'll try to run through the, the, the news faster. Like we'll just report on it and not give commentary. Um, but welcome to nerd initiative. Like, you know, <laughs> Uh, one more thing and I'll shut up is like the, it should be the motto. Um, Don't steal my motto. Well, I, let's let's face it. You started it. I, I think it just needs to kind of be the thing. I'm going to have like a hashtag that comes up here. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't think we should be so angry when people don't appreciate what we love as much. And I think this is a good indicator of it because they're not going to get it like we will. And you hope they'll get to that level, but you know, Regardless, if Ant-Man the Wasp is rated poorly by anybody, is it going to really stop MCU fans from watching it? No, it's not. No. No. I mean, it's the same thing. Look, it's the same thing for... Um, I'm trying to think of examples as I as I um, fall asleep with my eyes open, but I, I there's really acclaimed movies that I've watched or I've watched with my wife or, you know, ones that won Oscars and whatever that are... that we... Duke Kang is a baby face. That's awesome. Um, that Kang's too nice. Um, there are so many movies that you know it's it's art. It's that's what it is. And so you know, look, let's not John Majors needs more anger. 
is this? That's amazing. Um, let's not forget that Crash won an Oscar for Best Picture one year. Um, it might have been the Dark Knight year. I'm not sure. I got to look it up. But I, I think, look, to each his own, everyone's going to have different opinions. And, you know, comic book fans might love this movie and others won't. And, you know, it's it's that's what this is for. This is the whole point of it. Uh, so, yeah, people should not get angry about anything. It should be a, a constructive conversation where we have fun and enjoy it. And Thanos for life. Patrick's killing it with the hashtag. I know. Um, so, yeah, that's that's I think, look. To each its own, we're all going to have different opinions. We can we can debate it. No one should be ever villainized for liking or disliking any film or movie. And. Yeah, that's that. Donovan, final thoughts? Um, I mean, if you're an MCU fan, go see the film and give it your own thoughts. But I think if you like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you like Star Wars, if you like just a fun movie, then you'll enjoy this film. But if you like boring movies, then you won't like this film. Yeah. And if you're and if listen, if you like Star Wars, you're you're gonna definitely get a kick out of the world building. Mm-hmm. I think they do a great job like fleshing out the quantum realm. Um, for I think it was like two hours and something minutes. Um, they did a good job. Um, would have liked to have more. Maybe we'll get a Disney Plus show, but with the rate of how they're cutting back, I don't think we're gonna. Um, but uh, let's let's end it on a rating. Um, of all Phase Five properties, which how would you rate this? <laughs> the lowest. Oh man, so number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um. I, listen, it's a good kick kickstart for the phase five. Um. And looking forward to see what happens next because we're now getting into the age of Kang, and I'm 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 ready what, for it. What is next, by the way? What is the next project? Guardians of the Galaxy. Unless they release a show, but there's only two confirmed shows right now this year, and that's Secret Invasion and Loki. Yeah, I know we're gonna get Secret Invasion. I think we're getting Loki like near the end of the year. So I think Secret Invasion could possibly, like but I summer, think end of like yeah, so probably like maybe June, like end of May, beginning of June, probably. Okay. So I'm thinking it's Guardians of the Galaxy next, unless they decide to do like an Easter uh, holiday special because they kind of like joked about it in the, mm-hmm. the the Christmas one. So. Well, Donovan, thank you so much for being with us. Um, I promise you it's not always like this. We don't always go for almost <laughs> three hours. Um, again, like I said, there was a lot of stuff to cover. There was. And thank you so much for sharing the pictures and talking about your experience and making us all jealous. Um, <laughs> and hopefully we'll have to have you on again. Oh, yes, absolutely. And I can't wait for C2E2 to meet you guys. And yeah. Yes. So Let's got to share that again. You guys weren't with us earlier. C2E2. Now it wasn't the merch store. I'm not, I wasn't going to push the merch store. <laughs> Um, C2E2, we will be there. Uh, booth 1742 is going to be the booth. Um, we would love to have you guys um, join us um, and, uh, and 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 get, for us to get your nerd origin story. And there's going to be swag and stuff like that there. So um, get your chance to get some of that. Um, but uh, Michael, as always, you need to get some rest. It's been a busy day for you. Um, and uh, I'm going to let you know you go. Donovan, again, thank you so much for being on. Uh, please remember, if you liked this show, it is in podcast form as well. Um, we would love for you to catch this and the Comic Press podcast um, on uh, anywhere you get your podcast from. You can get it from Anchor, 
uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere. Um, and then also remember the podcast, um, the Comic Press podcast. Uh, we'll have a new episode next week. Um, so be sure to check them out. I believe that's 6 p.m. Eastern time um, on Friday of next week. So we would love to have you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you guys just need to know there's a merch store. You want to check that out? No way. Um, yeah, right. We no, have a honestly, merch store? Um, but please, if you want to, you can check that uh, that QR code that is to our Braid Network. It'll point you to all of the stuff that's all things nerdy, all things nerd initiative. Um, this has been um, episode 12 um uh quantum mini aftermath um and we are signing off